We're all gathered here today to listen to a dwarf cast by Ganymede and Titan. Start the tape, please, Holly. Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. Hello, and welcome to issue 8 of the Dwarfcasts magazine rack, brought to you by Ganymede and Titan. This is the latest instalment of our ongoing mission to reread, digest, and dissect every single edition of the Red Dwarfs magazine issue by issue. I'm Ian Symes, the safest hands in soccer, and joining me as always are tough tackling centre half Johnny Hardman Caps. <laughs> Hello. And the man with the most powerful shot in the world, Danny Hotshot Stevenson. <laughs> Hello. Crazy. It's our headlock. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about Volume 1, Issue 8 And as always we recommend having the magazine in front of you as you listen If you don't have a physical copy You can find a link to a PDF in the show notes on your podcast app Or at www.genemy.tv But first, let's fire up the time drive once more For a trip to this issue's cover date of October 1992 <laughs> As seems to be the case, more often than not, it was a grim month in the news. The government announced the closure of a third of Britain's coal mines with the loss of 31,000 jobs. The value of the pound fell even further as the recession deepened, and the IRA launched multiple terrorist attacks in London throughout the month. On the plus side, Pope John Paul II formally apologised to Galileo Galilei for his treatment by the Catholic Church, just 350 years after his death. His Holiness was quoted as saying, Galileo, 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 Figaro, Magnifico, oh, oh, oh. In entertainment news, the Amiga 1200 was released by Commodore, which was so successful that the company was liquidated in a year and a half. Outrage ensued when Sinead O'Connor ripped up a photograph of the Pope during a Saturday Night Live performance. In her defence, O'Connor claimed that she didn't know it was the Pope, she thought it was a publicity shot from Planet of the Apes. She hated Galileo Galilei. <laughs> it was an incredible month for British television, with the debuts of Later with Jules Holland, Pole to Pole with Michael Palin, Bad Influence and Gladiators, the most successful programme ever to be hosted by an ex-footballer with a catchphrase ripped off from Craig Charles, who in turn ripped it off from Matty Hayridge. And speaking of Craig Charles, it was also the month that Ghostwatch was aired for the first and only time, and if that wasn't enough, Mr. Blobby made his first appearance on Noel's house party. This was the month in which the 90s truly began. When the magazine was released on the 24th of September, the number one film in the UK box office was Unforgiven, directed by Clint Eastwood and starring Matt McDonald. And at number one in the music charts were The Shaman, with Ecstasy is very good actually. Still funnier than if I got news for you. <laughs> Uh, my brother was in Bad Influence. Nice. He was, uh, yeah, he he was, was Violet Berlin. Yes, yes. He, he, my brother is Andy Crane. No, but he, um, <laughs> it was shot in uh, Kirksler Road in Leeds, and uh, our school was invited to go down. And there's a shot of him. I've got the link in the show notes, but there's a shot of him in double denim. It's come back now. It's come full circle, but yeah. He never left in the Symes house. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful hair curtains. <laughs> now, Mr. Car Park has come a very long way. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is aggressively nineties. And so let's return to the present and then pick up a magazine and from the past and look at that. Uh this issue's cover is different yeah, it is. from all the other covers. It is a photograph. 
Now, it's not yeah, the first, first photograph, photo. is it? Oh, is it is not it the first, first photo? Oh. It is. Okay. I could have checked, couldn't I? There's only seven other ones <laughs> you need to look at. I think there's been pictures based on photographs, which is... Yeah, yeah, that's what's confused me. There was the weird uh, hatty one that Capsie loved and I hated, where <laughs> yeah. it was based on a photo, but manipulated very heavily. Yeah. But this is a proper sort of magazine cover photo thing, isn't it? This is... Yeah. 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 This is spot um, on. It looks more grown up. It, it looks more like a, a magazine aimed at adults rather than a comic. It's quite modern, really, isn't it? Like, mainly by modern, I mean just like all the colours are flat. <laughs> there's no gradients, or like you know, there's yeah. no nineties. There's no nineties colours involved here. Particularly, it's just kind of you know, your um, your style microgram or whatever. Yeah, um, perfect font for it. Yeah, yeah, just big and bold. And we've got headlines there. FX News Ace. Yeah. It's really good. It it does it does it does uh, that would pop out on the shelf. Mm. It really would. Yeah. And uh oh, Mr. Flibble is angry. That's what they <laughs> say. Almost what is said in the program. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot that wasn't actually the line that it was. No, it's so it's Mr. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember there was a bootleg t shirt that we saw on a Facebook ad oh. once? Yeah. It just said, Mr. Flibble is very angry. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then we <laughs> we spent some WhatsApp messages <laughs> misquoting slightly other Red Dwarf lines. Happy days. <laughs> I'll see if I could have still got that mess- those messages. If that had been a few years earlier, that would have been a whole like Twitter hashtag that we would have foisted <laughs> yeah. on you. But when there's WhatsApp around, we can just like use that energy punishing each other and not (laughs) not inflicting it on the rest of you is there anything else to be said of the cover or should we dive in I mean there's so much to be said of the insides that um, I will I will point this out that there's a nice knack this magazine has of using non-standard publicity shots even to this day they're still like esoteric I guess or like you know they, they might be done a split second after an iconic one but it's got slightly different poses mm. you know I, I, I quite like that but I don't know how hard or easy this is for magazine designers in 1992 but the idea of the bazookoids going over the picture of Mr. Flibble is actually kind of interesting because I don't know how easy that is to do yeah, yeah might it be actually cut out yeah. and scanned yeah I wonder as well because <clears throat> this could be a, a desktop published affair or yeah. it could not be using the Amiga A twelve hundred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that it possibly well, couldn't do, to be honest. <laughs> Before they all explode, apparently. <laughs> Is that what they did? No. Right. <laughs> now, what happens when companies go bust? All the objects just oh, well, yeah. That's like when, when they you, get liquidated when you defeat the head vampire. <laughs> I was—I mean, I almost believed it because, like, Commodore notorious for using the very cheapest possible components at yeah, all times. They were very, they, well, they, they, um, yeah, because they kept the cost down by like using mm. the lowest common denominator, but like incredibly replaceable. That was always the—that was always the good mm. thing about. Anyways, it's a magazine. I'm turning the page. Yep. There's no turning back. There is. You can just. You can just you can... There's no turning back. There's no one to do with the magazine. <laughs> I was once, I remember reading a Doctor Who magazine and instinctively looked in the bottom right corner for the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I tried to um, try to tap on a book to make it turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost sounds made up, but everyone's done, tried to, like, even briefly try to pinch to zoom. 
Something yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You can tap on a book to turn the page if you've got like honey on your finger or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. I remember when <laughs> I, I was playing a bit too much Team Fortress Two at the time, and like when you in those games when you kill someone, a little kill feed in the top left, so it says, "We club and drink." flamethrower this person and i had a dream where i was just drinking a pint of beer and i downed the pint of beer and in the corner of my vision it said we climb a drink drank beer <laughs> <laughs> i woke up and thought i might give tf2 a bit of a break for a while notably few jokes and uh <laughs> embellishment <laughs> just in the contents page but no like funny extra joke items it's packed as well there's lots of information on there lots yep. of text yeah. they've got extra extra bits they've got a new address they're selling back issues they've got subscriptions and stuff the credits are getting longer it feels like it's sort of grown up a bit yeah it's maturing am i right in thinking this is jane killock's first appearance so a new staff first credit for jane killick and there's another notable first credit for the artists as well but we'll come to that when we get to it Okay. I did notice one of the photographers was called Sarah Parfit Rossi, and I wondered whether she was a love child of status quo. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> that is both Parfit and Rossi. <laughs> I tried to find whether she was still called that, but there's no record. Unless it's like a pseudonym or something. Oh, so it could, yeah, it could well be. A, not a nom de smeg. <laughs> Today is a day for both sadness and joy. Sadness because the Future Echoes multi-part series is finishing, and joy because the Future Echoes multi-part <laughs> series is finishing. <laughs> I've loved it, but I'm glad it's done. <laughs> it ends with the action shifted to Parrot's Bar, which I like. Like, there's no need for that to be in the sleeping quarters, other than the fact that they've only got three sets yep. to choose from yeah. in real life. And it's got some sort of robot um, barman, headless robot yeah, barman. Yeah. <laughs> Like they're all kind of robot things doing their thing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's one. That's one of the good bit of world building. I, I like all this, like inserting daft robots into uh, episodes that Rob and Doug were absolutely adamant shouldn't have daft robots in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it reminds me a little bit of when in, in Stasis Leak when they go to the Ganymede Holiday and then all of the hotel staff are all robots. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. Just a little glimpse into our own future. There. <laughs> so. I'm mainly just nitpicky about about this actually as as I was reading it when in this Lister says I've never read well I've never read a book and I put it to you that that is about 80% less funny than I've never read a book yeah, yeah. the way that Craig Craig gets a lot of shit but I think a lot of his weirder deliveries actually really work <laughs> very well it's more of a joke the way Craig does it because it's yeah yeah I'm stating the bleeding obvious but <laughs> the joke the joke is that it sounds like he's going to name an actual you know a specific thing yeah but it's general whereas this is just it's more it's more like a biographical fact than a joke yeah like saying well I've never read a book is almost like saying look at this it's a joke yeah <laughs> I mean other than the setting it's pretty much word for word I don't think there's anything particularly yeah, to a fault, actually. Like, I mean, I'm jumping about a bit, but later on, Rimmer turns up with a with a Beatles haircut, and I'm not entirely sure that joke was set up in any way, shape, or form. Like previously, like did they did they have the beehive? I don't think he had the beehive earlier on. Yeah, they did. The oh, they did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, it's still a tiny bit incongruous. But the problem is that it was four issues That's ago. That's the mm. thing. Yeah. yeah, and for us, four yeah. issues that was is a what, year ago seven years? <laughs> <laughs> Although I do like the fact that the drive room is the Series 4 drive room. As opposed yeah, yeah. to that, yeah. So that's a nice sort of addition. There's a nice bit of tension with the switches and stuff. The kind of the framing of everything's kind of nice. Yeah, that's I'd those... say that is improved to here than it is in the show. The show didn't really get that idea other than the music. Yeah, I like the way that it, it splits off into those like strip, like thin columns yeah. for for panels makes the makes the frame a bit smaller and more condensed yeah. gets the action across yeah good good comic craftsmanship that's like yeah. it's just yeah. like they they're getting more and more com- like you know confident with the with the form uh, it's interesting to know as well that as while previously being um chris tarrant and adolf hitler um holly <laughs> is now peter beardsley <laughs> <laughs> <It's just> another <laughs> 90s Newcastle <laughs> in-joke from uh, the yes. magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not beyond the realms. Doctor. You got yourself a nice chicken wrap. Uh, there we go. We've got our mints um, referencing for the episode. Everyone gets one. <laughs> <laughs> That's safe. I feel like we've exhausted like our... All the observations from the previous yep. <laughs> comic strips all apply to this one as well. Yeah. And yeah, this is the eighth. Oh, actually, do you know what? There is a nice thing. There is a picture of Talkie Toaster with a with a baseball bat jammed in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that happened in a previous... Oh, yeah. Did you see it? <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice that. And <laughs> also, Lister's uh, uh, pulling um, a Spider-Man outfit. So he does have a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing I didn't pay much attention to. I think that is all the background details. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Medibot as well. Medibot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Looks a bit like a Sleepius, actually, weirdly enough. Once again, Doug Naylor <laughs> ripping off. <laughs> I do like the second to last panel where future Lister and his two sons die in a nuclear explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Brutally portrayed exactly on page. Yeah, everyone dies in a nuclear explosion. You're born, you die in a nuclear explosion. It's like watching Terminator <laughs> 2 again, isn't it? <laughs> There's a powerful flash on that camera. Powerful. Not the first uh, mention of flash bulbs in this episode. If we, you know, want to go, go back to the 90s and everyone having flashes on their cameras. My only other observation was that I couldn't tell whether old Lister was wearing a deer stalker or whether that was his hair. I thought Santa hat for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, it looked like a bit of like a Fu Manchu kind of thing. The... There is that. Yeah, there is a shot in. It does kind of look <laughs> like they they have trekked the up a mountain in Nepal to find him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the artist signs the last page, which is interesting. Is his name themed? Is his name the end? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Rushby. Yeah, I just noticed Rushby. Yeah. Old Russo. So that gives you a clue as to the the kind of the artist of this particular because the I think all the future records have been done by this guy, right? Yeah, but the end They have and all the previous ones have had credits at the start, but this one doesn't. Right. Which is 
part of my theory that somewhere along the line it got chopped up into more parts than it was originally going to be. Right. Okay. That almost certainly like which five is good because it means that they found more stuff to go in the magazine which is a good thing I suppose. yeah yeah that's so true that yeah. is kind of the opposite of let's say the better than life problem where yeah. <laughs> you're trying to fill yeah. pages yeah they gained more features for these last few issues at the expense of making it drag on for further than they probably intended yeah to. yeah also, I mean, it is kind of worth it because it is still a draw every month because, as we'll find out, Series 1 is still, like, hen's teeth at the moment for the next yeah. for the next couple of months at least. It, it, like, it'd be quite cool to take those all those comics and, like, put them all together to one. Just a, mm. just a comic. It's a shame that they couldn't, you know, they didn't do enough of it. I to, couldn't be yeah, asked. An entire I comic just didn't. was just a compilation of all of them together. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, well. yeah. Add it to the junk pile of merchandise ideas that should have probably happened at some point so they did the end did they do the end yeah. yes yeah they did the end of the future because do they do, i assume they don't go all the way through do they because i am not at liberty to oh. spoilers. <laughs> i'm gonna guess no because they're probably six fucking death of doing these also the next one's balance of power and there's no way they would have bothered balance of power it's my guess We'll find out. Place your best Ian's now. smirking, 17, so God knows. 17. Oh, you can see his face. I'm not. The, I'm not looking at him. The, did you actually? Made it no smirking. <laughs> did you actually <laughs> see his face? Are you smirking, Lister, in the drive room? <laughs> Next. Look at look at this look at this ad revenue. Just pot. You can just. They must have been rolling in money. <laughs> like. <laughs> We've had this before, we will. Yeah, it's a repeat advert. Oh, yeah. Bloody repeat. 2000 AD stuff. Yeah, I remember the weird face. <laughs> yeah, Holding I mean, his breath. <laughs> it's a mirror. It really only makes sense if you know <laughs> 2018. Otherwise, this is just mental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a safe assumption. I remember that, like, you know, 2000 AD comics were massive in the 90s, though. They were. Yeah. Like, you were in a minority if you didn't know about them. So. Yeah, even like I was probably too young for it at this point. But Judge Dredd in particular was definitely a cultural touchstone. Yeah. Even if you didn't like, in the same way that if you don't, if you never watched Doctor Who, you'll know what the Daleks are. Yes. If you've never read 2000 AD, you know Judge Dredd even before. Yes. The Sylvester Stallone film of the mid nineties. Yeah, which wouldn't have been far off, I guess. Which yeah. makes sense if if the comics were kind of at their height now, then a couple of years later <laughs> they get buried by a terrible <laughs> horror yeah. adaptation, then, then rebuild yeah. into the new Judge Dredd, yeah, which is very good. He generates into Cal Urban. <laughs> Urban. And so, a really, really interesting feature. Yeah, on is many it? Levels. Very much so. Oh, a report on the first Red Dwarf I mentioned, I mentioned Jump 92, by Jane Killick uh, making her magazine debut. And yeah, fair to say that she was one of the definitive writers of this magazine from this point on. Name that's always closely associated with it. She's since released a book, self published book called Stasis Leaked, which is collected uh, magazine articles of hers. Um, and she appears in the video for Tongue Tied in the making of bit at the end. Oh, oh okay. I didn't didn't clock that probably because I haven't watched that much so more than twice. I know that Stacey yeah, has that anecdote that I think it was it Capsi was involved with 
but is not. No, you're thinking. Name. You're thinking of if if it's the anecdote. You're. Th- <laughs> I think you're thinking yeah. of. This is some bloke um, who wrote a book about conventions in general, and I forget his oh, name. Yeah, and sorry. Yeah. Maximum Maximum Wiffle. Oh, no, yeah, he, he definitely had a more normal name than that. <laughs> Max, Max Wiffle, let's just call him Max. Max, Oh, Max Wiffle, yeah, he conflated me and Carl. He basically described Carl Eisenhower, um, used a question that I asked, I think, and yeah. then made up the fact that I was carried aloft on <laughs> the, shoulders <laughs> the shoulders of fellow attendees for asking such an audacious question. I can't even remember. It might have been the other way around. It might have been describing me, but it was Carl's question. I don't know. I was very, very drunk at the time. Um, before before we get into the meat of this, because there's some so many good bits in this, the I love the um I love the style that they've gone with for this article. Like again, it's like the the um staggered kind of text damage jump ninety two damage jump ninety two. It really makes me it feels weirdly kind of it's the sort of thing that you'd do like retro retro style now. But it also really reminds me of look around you. Like, yes. I think the main picture on the front page of this report, I think the guy on the left is, on the right rather, with the pint is Nick Ferry, but I'm not 100% sure. Oh, okay. I thought it was the scouter from that. Yes. Harry Enfield's scarce character. Oh, and that's the photo that's taken by. Status quo. Yeah, I was oh, going right, to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that that's not been captioned. In fact, none of them are captioned. No, they're just. I they're mean, just that's the obviously Hattie, so that's fine. But um, yeah. yeah, we can tell which ones are Hattie and which ones are Rob and Doug. Rob, like Rob Grant, looking like the coolest motherfucker alive. In that <laughs> picture. Well, very they we're clearly looking towards the sun, judging by uh, Doug. So yeah. <laughs> he made the smart decision to put shades on before yeah. <laughs> taking the picture. So, okay, where the fuck do we start? Where do we start? Where do we start? It's fa- it's absolutely fascinating because we, for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> we have not only attended many, many DJs, like more than half of them that have ever been mm. now each but also we worked on quite a lot of them and have, have witnessed uh, and been involved with its evolution from basically the turn of this century to the present day. We've been alongside it, but despite that, this first event is still largely a mystery yeah. to us. Yeah. And so when you read this, you're learning for the first time, really, what went on there. Yeah, it's weird. It's sort of like the, sort of the previous generation don't tend to pass on... <laughs> information yeah. to the new class it's <laughs> never been thorough handovers no. <laughs> isn't it fascinating how the bones of the DJ formula is right there as well it's still there yeah, yeah, yeah it's very weird maybe maybe it's just a con thing it's like you always have the disco on a Saturday or you like you know yeah that, that was what stripped me disco on the Saturday night Q&A's and panels throughout the days and lots of autographs and stuff yeah panel discussions yes. seem to have been a feature where it is like not not cast or crew, but just fans discussing things around a certain topic, which I guess you'd want pre-internet, but you probably wouldn't need now what because the, we have I mean, we have podcasts on the con- and we have on the contrary. Isn't that, isn't that what this is? <laughs> oh yeah, but, <laughs> but you wouldn't pay money to what see us talking. <laughs> weirdly enough, it might just be more of a song of ice and fire thing. It's like they they go to 
that off the bingo caps he mentioned song of ice and fire but all of those conventions are very heavy on the fan panels and theory panels mainly because of i have seen it discussed yeah, yeah. in like american convention maybe it's an american i think it might be more of an american more thing than yeah. it is more than it is over here interesting but according to the feedback from from Kelly, they, they were shit. <laughs> <laughs> no one put any thought into it. They just turned up. They were half pissed. Like they just people were more interested they could get in the away bar. With it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was interesting that it was written critically. Like yes. it wasn't uh, like a puff piece info about this fan club event. It was reviewed properly. Mm. Yeah, which was fair enough. Like it was a positive review overall, but it didn't shy away from. From putting out where it could have been improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, like the idea of a, a separate video room at a DJ where you'd go, like, and that be a main attraction. Sounds a bit seedy, doesn't it? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it does but, feel yeah, a bit pre show. They have room. They have little <laughs> rooms like that at anime conventions. I hear <laughs> with white clean walls. <laughs> Well, maybe they would have needed it because they were showing Series 1, which apparently was very popular because barely anyone had seen it, and uh, Red Dwarf USA. Although, I think by that point, she says that by then someone had had the bright idea to move it into a bigger room because it was so so cramped. And then, yes, and then DJ was born from there. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You put the telly in the main hall. (laughs) I mean, thinking back to 1992, I can't imagine what kind of facilities they had access to in 1992 that would facilitate being able to show videos to a rather large group of people. I mean, like, obviously projectors. Yeah. Like, that would be quite... You know, unless you get I think it would be like in school bit. when they roll in the telly on yeah, wheels. The, 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 the modestly sized telly on wheels. Yeah. yeah. We get the technician in from science department to come and sort it out. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is it would they have been no that I mean no no projector te- like I, I swear to god I've got so old I've forgotten what they technology were, was. Project, projectors <laughs> like, would have existed. It would just be whether a hotel. Yeah, the hotel would have had them. It would not have been something you'd have been able to hire like we used to. Mm, right, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Can you imagine 100 people? I mean, 100 people, 100 people's not masses of people because that's about that's about the the um attendance, wasn't it? 100. Yeah. So not not dissimilar to um the Peterborough DJs. Um funnily <laughs> But enough. the problem was the Peterborough DJs were anticipated to have a lot bigger <laughs> one. So I'm looking up the Angel Hotel in Northampton and trying to see how big it is. It looks like uh basically a one of them pubs with rooms. Yes. Mm. It's an inn. It's a proper inn. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, a hundred people in there would be quite significant. Mm. And that to turn people 100, away. A hundred people in the in the current sort of uh, where DJs currently held big city centre hotels. Having said all of this about it being a pub, <laughs> they do mention that when Paolo, when 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 everyone got wind that Paolo Nam was on, and here's a lovely case study in scarcity. <laughs> that this was on TV and this was the only chance people said because because what was it Craig and Robert were on the um, people buggered off to their rooms suggesting that they had hotel rooms in this establishment so like they must have been yeah pretty, yeah TVs in their rooms so I suppose yeah God you imagine you imagine the amount of static all them CRTs being turned on but yeah you're saying that there was capacity for 100 people to have stayed over yeah well yeah possibly not all 100 actually now that I think yeah. about it but yeah 
See, Parallel 9 would have been on in the morning, right? That would have been a 9 11 yeah. program, right? Saturday morning. Yeah. People were awake at 9 a.m. People, people who are Red Dwarf <laughs> fans enough that they were at a convention generally didn't know that, like, Craig and Robert were going to be on. Like power like yeah, that. It's yeah. like, like it's word, odd, isn't word it? Yeah. Got through. Yeah. So they. So presumably, would would that have been live? Yeah. So that's why they weren't a DJ. <laughs> so, yeah. Like <laughs> that's the kind of thing we would have shown on the big screen on nine o'clock in the morning. We'd have just turned the channel over. Or there probably wouldn't have been that sort of clash happening. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good point. Like, yeah. Or there would have been like there would have been on power nine and then like. You know, Craig, Craig's Craig's chauffeur would have driven him over, but I doubt he had a chauffeur in '92. Maybe he wasn't quite as big time enough. Let's not talk about Craig Charles and taxis, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good, Craig. Why do you not pay him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got kicked out of a taxi for not paying it. And Danny John Jules was supposed to be there, but they shifted the recording dates of Maid Marion because the bloke who played Robin Hood was ill. Yeah, which is cut. Everyone was so that busy. That happened to uh, The Promised Land. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, Danny was filming Maid Marion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he That's not it come out yet. <laughs> Hattie, by all accounts, including her own, most importantly, had a fucking lovely time, and that tallies. I with was going to say, you, you, you read, how, read what Hattie was doing over this weekend, what she was saying, how she was with fans, and that could be a description of almost any other DJ from that moment until yeah. Yeah. The, the the last one we had like she's just just this stalwart and she was always like <laughs> like milling around yeah milling around being just the just the best person at dj basically every time yeah. yeah yeah she joined everyone in the bar afterwards at the convention was dying down and made sure she said goodbye to everyone personally i 100 percent agree that i would do that if she could yeah. <laughs> with fond yeah. people i love the detail <laughs> yeah. that she had 70 quid in a bag from a gig she did the night before <laughs> yeah, yeah. and spent 51 of it on a, yeah. a video of a red dwarf animation yes. by kd leave i think that's leave uh, yeah. and bryony catlow yeah. and they are the people the girls that did the tongue-tied animation yeah claymation three bear productions in it could this yeah. have been yeah. the tongue the the like their oh, tongue-tied thing, presumably. Oh, it could have been, but I don't know. It seems Hattie less likely. Hattie would. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not Hattie. <laughs> Bill Bailey would like the eggs. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it's interesting because yeah, because they they pop up again later on because um, they they, mm. they write a questioning. But yeah, it's interesting that like that like they seem to be sort of like a running thread. Like even yeah, right, even right up until series around. like from from nineteen ninety two right up to series eight. <laughs> it wasn't they they didn't do the the series eight one, did they? Yeah, did they? Yeah, nice. So yeah, they were stalwart. Speaking of Hattie, it is really it's really interesting to see at the time that Rob and Doug already knew that they were going to go back to Red Dwarf and bring Hattie back. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that bit. Yeah, it's fucking, it is. It's horrible, unbelievable. Everything that everything that Hattie says in this about Red Dwarf itself, like this is this is yeah. She'd already made her last Red Dwarf, but didn't know. Didn't know. She didn't fucking know. And Rob and Doug, like, it sounds like maybe Rob and Doug didn't know either. Or maybe they were just being, I don't know, like, they're in negotiations, they... right, at this moment, right? Or, like... There is a mention of there is a mention of what was going on with Series 6 in this magazine. Somewhere. Later on, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's... So, um, so what what month was, was the... Um, 
this DJ. Sorry, was it like April? So. Ooh, that's a good point. So Ooh. maybe at that point they they didn't know what they were doing. But like at some point you've got to make the conscious decision. It's not a small decision to say this next series is going to be on Starbucks. <laughs> Specifically, we're going to get <laughs> yeah. rid of Holly as a character, but then have these sort of conversations. Yeah. Less than a year before they actually come out, or they were supposed to come out on TV. So Rob and Doug say, or Rob rather, I think this is. Uh, oh no, Doug! Yeah, Doug. <laughs> so easy to get those two dudes. <laughs> it's been consistent feedback to get them back on the ship, give Holly a bigger part. Nothing I've heard today has been a surprise, although it's confirmed other criticisms. I'm wondering if doing the exact opposite of what the fans told them to do was actually like a reaction to this feedback yeah. of like. Oh right, you think you know, not in an antagonistic way, but in a creative way. Of like, oh well, every yeah, maybe a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, people think that the way to improve Red Dwarf is to do this. What about? Yeah. How about we turn Red Dwarf around by doing it this yeah, way? Surprise everyone, and yeah, rather than being predictable and safe Torpedo and going back Hattie's to how it was. Career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the unfortunate casualty being Hattie. Yeah, very odd. So can you imagine being a DJ where magazines were still a running thing at the time, and you could ask yeah. the people writing them? <laughs> it's like this is like proper early, early, early dwarf. It's very weird to read. Yeah, this is this is the start of like the the let's say proper fandom, but you know, like the 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 fanatic fandom, let's say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fandom that we are all in the late stage of. <laughs> to be honest, um, I'll be fair. All the pictures that are taken within the, you know, the event all look like they have been just in a pub. Yeah, <laughs> they don't look like a hotel. Looks like a pub. Nice trellising, actually, behind Robin Duck. <laughs> it's very nice. Looks like it was a <laughs> lovely, sunny. lovely day. Nice and sunny. Also, imagine having so many complaints and feedback and like things that you want improves to the extent where you harangue Rob and Doug about it at the first opportunity after series 5 oh, th- that's n- this isn't even the first like, fucking instance of this like is, the negging like, of series 5 knowing what we know now knowing, <laughs> knowing what we know now imagine being pissed off after series 5 goes out fucking ingrates a lot of them so the, I don't know oh, I shouldn't really mention this I don't go down the rabbit hole but there was a, a mention of a um, Jimmel, the guy who does all the, the, the MS Paint pictures, apparently put a, a picture of um, a Star Wars poster with Red Dwarf on it. Yeah. And uh, it got into the Smeg posting group on Facebook, and apparently they it got it got put there so often that basically it turned into a meme in its own right. And he apologised that, that that had happened. But like everyone was just like, oh, Red Dwarf is so cringe. And I haven't seen it since Series 4. Like it went downhill after that, and I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you on about?" You've you just pulled idiots. a random number out of the air, there, haven't you? But again, imagine stopping at series four and missing <laughs> series five. <laughs> you don't yeah. know how good you fucking got it, guys. <laughs> you have no. Uh, I mean, I'm preparing myself for <laughs> series. Like, I don't actually know this, but I imagine series six gets a bit of a rough. I think, I, I think every series is going to get a panning and then it's going to be as time mm. goes on you're going to sort of well as soon as you've got as soon as you've got your analytical like spod fan base right? <laughs> yeah, that is what the that is what the loudest noises will be will be like constructive criticism because people really mm. like care 
And so I think that's what we're seeing with five, but then it won't take long for people to be like, oh, no, wait a minute. Five is basically perfect. Can you imagine how much Red Dwarfs could have to be made for us to like time with? <laughs> Infinite. It's like, it's like, um, it's like reaching uh, light speed is that you, <laughs> you have to keep putting more and more and more energy into it. It's basically impossible. Well, I probably will reach infinite mass by that point. <laughs> God, I but love you saying have, infinite you would mass. Have said, you would have said in 1999, imagine how bad Red Dwarf would get to make Pete Part 2 not the worst episode. Yeah, it's true, but like, I guess it's not in the same way as like, oh no, wait a minute, Meltdown's brilliant. So what's the rule then? How how long was it between Pete Part 2 and That's the thing, Pete Part 2 is still just as bad as it always has been. <laughs> We were correct at the time. Of a half-life. <clears throat> yeah. It's just that there was a deeper hole that we didn't know about. It's not as good as half-life. I found a nice <laughs> little thing about uh, mentioning Parallel 9 earlier. I found a little nice tidbit from a website that has like a really detailed description of everything that happened in that show. And, um, nice. and yeah, it was shot in the same, uh, exactly the same studio that uh, series. Uh, was 10 shot in Pinewood? No, it was Shepard. So 11, 11 onwards, so yeah, 11, 12 and, and Promised Land were shot in, which I thought was quite a nice little thing because it was like Craig Craig and Robert probably don't recognise it. <laughs> they were on a recce. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know it yet. Pine, Pinewood, um, <clears throat> Pinewood's the one, the, the James Bond one, isn't it? Yeah, it's got the double yes. seven stage, yeah. Yeah. I remember like seeing like the double... I can't remember what it was when... See, it must have been IT Crowd, I think. Yes, it was. It was IT Crowd Series 2 was at Pinewood. I saw the one good episode of IT Crowd. Is it the one with the transphobia in? Um, yes, I love, I love it. Just give me more. <laughs> here, here we go. Here's a bit of like things were a different price back then. Um, f- fifteen quid, fifteen quid registration is, to be honest, right? That is, that's cheap. Like shockingly cheap. That's cheap for the time. Like I know it says like thirty quid is about. What you'd normally pay, but like when I first started going yeah. to cons, what was what was the first the first amount I paid was ninety, I think, in two thousand three. Ninety sounds about right, doesn't it? No, I think it was cheaper than that. Cheap? In no. two thousand three was the first one I went to, and I remember it being about fifty quid. Okay, right. Because it's only like even the most recent DJs, like a hundred is the absolute most you'd pay. I was going to say breaking a hundred is was was a big. Yeah. Mental, um, barrier for us. But yeah, even like in thirty years, for the price to only have gone up that much, like DJ has always been so reasonably priced. Mm. It's a bit it's like um, you still only get two hundred and fifty well. quid for you've been framed. It's like the opposite of that. <laughs> and they raised four hundred pounds for charity, which is good, but you could make twice as much money begging in the street, even if you were twice as ugly as you are, which is very ugly indeed. <laughs> I didn't realise how much DJ hasn't changed. <laughs> That's what shocked me. Yeah. I was like, Friday night, we do the, the quiz, you do the thing, you do yeah. the, you, <laughs> Saturday, a bit more, you do right? the thing, Sunday, you, the afternoon, it all finishes. It's just like, oh my God, it was always a three-day thing. I thought it evolved into yeah. that. I didn't realise that's how it started. One thing that yeah. really struck me was the daft game side of things. Like They don't really describe them much, but that is something that was still happening in 2003. Yeah. Because on the Friday night, I distinctly, well, we've mentioned it many times, eating cornflakes with um onions oh, yeah, sugar puffs. And you could, yeah. Oh, yeah i wonder i wonder if it's like the olympics red dwarf olympics type game did they do the red dwarf olympics at the very first yeah. teach it was an olympics year as well 92 then remember in 2003 being told to run off and find a toothbrush the first person to bring a toothbrush to sharon won something remember that 
Oh, yeah. 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 That was weird. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I remember that. Yeah, vaguely specific. Just go and get a toothbrush. Like being a, a... That's Taskmaster territory, that is. No, what was that show? The Button. The Button. Which was Taskmaster, but for civilians. It was brilliant. It only had one series. Oh, no. It was shockingly cancelled. Uh, oh. But, yeah, devised by Alex Horn and... Yeah. Oh, okay, right. So it's literally, <laughs> literally, is Taskmaster. Yeah, the civilians version. Is that it for DJ? The other bloke who's not possibly Nick Fairy has an Eccentria Glumbits uh, T-shirt on. Oh yeah, yeah. The triple blessed, uh, blessed. The triple <laughs> She's blessed. Mega whore from Erotica Seven or whatever. Six. Six. There's a picture at the bottom of. The second to last page, um, the person on the right looks like a young you, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Different hair. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) Probably about the age that I was at this time as well. I was wondering if if they were the Catler um, sisters. Yeah. Could well be. They look like their sisters. So take take one. But they don't look like uh, low cat. (laughs) Oh, Oh, one last thing. The sort of pull quotes from attendees and stuff, little reviews and whatnot, comments from people who went. There's one from a BBC Radio Northampton reporter. Uh, I suppose I'd better go and talk to the loonies. And then there's mention in another one of a local newspaper reporter. Where are these reports? We want these reports. Local Nottingham Press and Radio from 1992. I'm sure it all exists in (laughs) broadcast quality. You'd have a job looking in the local Nottingham Press, as we have um, established already. Northampton. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that reporter was a young Andrew Collings. It could have been. (laughs) Robert Llewellyn also lived in... uh, Oh, yeah, he was from Northampton. Yeah, and yeah, he went to fucking Parallel Nine. <laughs> he could have stayed at his mum's yeah, yeah. and yeah, gone to went, DJ. And yeah, he went to fucking space. Space. <laughs> spies. 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 <laughs> spies. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been nice <laughs> to have some like to to be able to dox these people in the pictures, basically. <laughs> like, like to have yeah. captions of like you know. If anyone knows any of these people or are any of these people, do get in touch because we'd be fascinated to hear first. We don't mean Rob. We don't mean Doug. Yeah. (laughs) The very bottom left picture, the woman on the left. I feel like I've seen her at DJ. Yeah. Is that is that a DJ program that she's signing in that picture? Because if so, that looks really similar to. It fucking does, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Oh no! Here's here's another thing as well. So there was definitely joint. Conventions, wasn't there? So, were the ones before '92? Were they the ones that were shared with Star Trek, or was this Trek Dwarfs? Trek Dwarf, yeah. So that was before. Yeah, they were they were completely separate to right. Okay, DJ. so they weren't even Nick Fairy. No. And finally, we are promised a full review of the American Red Dwarf pilot and promo in next month's magazine. Oh yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I... there's lots of things to look forward to in this one. I think. I bet you all of the received opinions that have ever been expressed about Red Dwarf USA <laughs> begin in that review. <laughs> yeah, the origin story. Yeah, I'd be very interested because they're not going to be kind, are they? Like, no, there's no way. You can already tell the way the wind's blowing on it. Yeah, because yeah, they 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 do like a little news thing later on that does definitely mention they wasn't received well. Well, let's move on. Oh, yeah, let's go and let's do this. Oh, this is really <laughs> tedious. <laughs> God. 
Reflections of a Cat. That's a good good title, to be fair. That's that's the best it gets, people. That's the best it gets. Well, the photo of um Danny and Craig is good. It looks like a between takes moment. Yeah. Craig out of character. <clears throat> I think that's from Meltdown. You can always tell when Danny's out of character because he looks bored. <laughs> Isn't that when they're in, that when they're in the um... stone? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're in the chimney. Hang on, what's what's he wearing in that episode? Yeah, same costume. Yeah, same costume. And it looks like he's got a lighter in his head. Yeah, that's so, what yeah, I thought. It's yeah. probably that exact. Yeah. Also, yeah. there's a pitch black background. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thinking. Okay, all these Geo clues. Detective strikes again. <laughs> so uh, before we get to like, I I think I imagine we've all got the same note about this. There's rubbish. Well, does it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a particular line I've got to know about. But they just clearly had no, like, momentum with this. It's, it's like this feels like the, one of the most forced things I've done. The amount of times a cat's like, hey, what else do you need? Or are we done yet? Is like... That's the the voice of the author. Yes. <laughs> figuring out whether he's filled up <laughs> two pages. I need a linking thing for cat to say... <laughs> It's it sounds harsh from a from a character point of view, but there's not much to the cat in terms of like actual no. depth. He's very vain, is the cat. He's very, he vain, very shallow. One would very say dark. He's shallow. Yeah. Very dank. He's probably of the main characters, including Holly, the one that's least suited to this type of feature. Mm. Yeah. Because that's not how he he, he doesn't talk <laughs> like that much. No. He comes in with one-liners and is really punchy and to the point and then fucks off. Yeah. He drifts in and out of conversations. He can't sustain a monologue mm-hmm. or even a dialogue. Which we find out in Series 7 quite starkly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not very good. Also, although something I have just noticed, it strikes me that they're crediting everything a lot more. Mm. Yes. The Reflections of a Cat, transcribed by Steve Lyons. Mm-hmm. It might be the first time someone's dead put their name to one of these fucking things, and it's this. <laughs> yeah, it's, we've definitely moved on from the point where it's Howarth and Lions by default. Mm. Yeah, it's now a collective. Or even just like that was the assumption. We assume this is Howarth and Lions. They weren't even putting their name on it. It almost feels like their names are starting to become a bit more important to them. If you see what I mean, but like a bit later on, you know, we we're entering in the era of them releasing official. Companion mm, yeah, yeah. guy again, yeah, that's again that's mm. mentioned later on. <sighs> then Lister said Rimmer didn't even need condoms because he has the best safety precaution possible. He doesn't even use a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my interpretation is that the use of the word "use" yes. is is as a, a parallel to use a condom. How you'd say one would use a condom. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, in isolation. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying anything more than that. That is just quite badly worded. Um, <laughs> it, it, it did. It did give me pause when I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cats have balls. They do. They do. They do. They have four. I have. I have one other thing of mild interest. Oh yeah. Is that the cat? The cat says, "I gave him one of my witty put downs." I turned to him and said, "Smeg off, dog food face." That is a quote from River. Yeah, that's not even one of yours. In Crichton. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, it's more. It feels like more of a cat line, anyway. Like he'd he'd be up. He he. He's anti dog. He's anti dog. He doesn't. He's not a fan. To be fair. With all these coded dog whistles. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, like the article, there's not much to say about it. No. <laughs> uh, other than that cut-out picture on the right looks weird. Yeah, it's badly yeah. cut out. It's, been... it's, not, it's clearly not designed to be viewed in isolation. Yeah, looks a little bit like it's been squished as well. As yeah. trim as Danny John Jules is, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. He genuinely might just be that thin, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> he's quite a svelte man. But it's, yeah, it's, it's the angle he's at. His head is tilted slightly, yeah. which, in the context of a group shot where you can see everyone else, makes sense. But on its own, it makes him look like he's got a weirdly massive head <laughs> or a tiny thin body. And that's where the bobblehead. Once again, Doug Naylor <laughs> ripping off. <laughs> Next. Oh, yeah, interesting. Now, I was excited. I was a bit more. I've ended up being let down by this because I was like, like, the big survey results. It's the big survey results. And then I got to it. I was like, oh, no, it's just Series 5. Part 1. Part (laughs) 1. I was like, oh, great. Uh, Future Records is finished. Oh, great. Another fucking multi part. You fucking fucking cowards. What you do, right? You do all of this in one massive article, about 20,000 words. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> basically exhaust all of your years worth of writing in the space yeah. of one article published in February every five we've years we've got no graphs we've got no fucking <laughs> there's no comparisons to previous polls but in their defence <laughs> they are there was no blazing a trail at this point aren't we? I was quite surprised that this was all of series five's results I thought they were only really going to give us half like six to four oh, Jesus. Three to one. that's what I thought they were going to do that's like selling half a series of a six-episode series for ten ninety-nine. That's like giving you a fifth of an episode in a magazine. <laughs> I like how this is presented. Yeah, you get lots of quotes from the forms that people yeah, send in. Makes it sound like points of view. opinions. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid this yeah. has nothing to do with me. Well, t- <laughs> David Hughes of Wolverhampton couldn't disagree more. Couldn't disagree more with the writing and audience. <laughs> Shall a previously unseen side of Rimmer and actually makes the viewer feel sorry for him to some extent. The excellent set and cut <laughs> together with realistic dialogue and good supporting cast all make this a classic episode of the season. <laughs> then we received a message from Brian Blessed of Yorkshire. Was nearly as bad as Meltdown. Are you sure it was written by Robin Dunk? Maybe they were drunk. Imagine being a human being with a supposedly fully functional brain and saying something like hollow ship is nearly as bad as meltdown. Fuck that. Actually... <laughs> I mean, seeing anything These is people. as bad as meltdown. Like, saying meltdown was bad is, is bad yeah. enough. <laughs> meltdown was in the you... chair. Meltdown was in the chair. It was. It, it was, was in the chair episode. And I think partly it's that people hadn't seen series one, generally. Mm, yeah. A lot, a lot of people hadn't. And so it's... It's weird for us because we the bubble is such a well-established thing and it persists even after however yeah. many surveys. There will be some that are lower down than 36 and some from after Series 6 that will get into the top 36. But the bubble is definitely a thing. To be in the middle of that bubble and to be comparing <laughs> one series to another and one episode to another. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> Again, ungrateful bastards. Yeah, all in all, then, Holoship was not a very well-received episode. Well, it's just, it is a weirder episode. Like, I can understand people being a bit cool on Holoship more than, well, more than fucking Terraform, let's say that. Yeah. Like, Ter- Terraformer, I think, is the is the episode that gets the most badly done to. Is that 
that's a sentence, isn't it? I can see, to an extent, Hollowship being an acquired taste in that it's a different pace yeah. to most yeah. of, well, from all of Series 5, really. It's more dramatic, it's more character-driven. But character-driven is what people have always wanted from Red Dwarf. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe but... that's a post-2000 thing. Mm. Maybe people wanted character-driven Red Dwarf from the point where we suddenly realised what not character-driven Red Dwarf was like. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. panicked and wanted it back. Or maybe people wanted Lister and Rimmer-based yeah. yeah. character stuff, not Rimmer going off and having his own journey. It, it does appear that the fan at the time simply wanted to have a wank over Chris Barry. A lot of them did. Which isn't entirely unreasonable, but if it means Demons and Angels goes in, go, like is, is the third best episode of series five. <laughs> More than the Inquisitor. Simply because <laughs> he had stockings on. You've got to remember, the internet wasn't that widespread at this point. <laughs> True. But pornography is <laughs> difficult between. to come by. Especially for women, because they weren't even particularly catered for by the 10 minute free views. That's true, yeah. Straight women, I should say. Or people that like Fucking men. hell, someone had Sky. Jesus <laughs> Not Christ. in 92, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> but even then. <laughs> so, yeah, you had to t- get your grot where you and could. And there you go. If that Hence, Hollership in number six. That bitch, Jane Horrocks. Like, I'm being yeah. reductive. I'm being very reductive here. And maybe I rate Hollership so highly because of Jane Horrocks, but for a very different reason. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Now, here's an interesting thing. Does this order of Series 5 tally with our survey in order? I'll fucking tell you, mate. Because I have a feeling it probably does. (laughs) Uh, My guess... Well... Go on. Go on. My guess is top two is the only thing that matches. I think they all do. If only that was a proper quiz. Because Capsi is correct. Oh, Fuck! We were meant to have a quiz. Uh, is there a quiz in this one? No. 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 <laughs> Despite it fucking saying there was going to be one, I was all prepped. So another series of this magazine quiz in the pipeline? <laughs> the results are in number six uh, in 1992, Hollowship, and in 2023, Terraform. It's hard. Uh, it's hard. Five... Then Terraform, five now Demons and Angels. Yeah, that's a, that was a controversial leap for Demons and Angels in the uh, Coral Canvas. Mm. Previously, it had been bottom of the pile. Ah, okay. They had the Inquisitor as the fourth best episode. We have it as we have Hollow Ship as the fourth best episode. Okay. Which you know, it feels weird to say that Hollow Ship is the fourth worst episode of its series because most other series it would <laughs> be top three. Um, they had demons and angels in three. We have the Inquisitor, and then yes, quarantine and better than, better than reality. I think <laughs> back to life. Just swap five and six, and I agree with that ranking of um, the Pearl Pole. I think um, it's really harsh to have Terraform down there because it's such a good episode. But again, it's in crowded territory. It's all relative as well because because Terraform is mid twenties, so it's like or like yeah, yeah. in in terms of the top 74 so which is a it's already great. we're comparing episodes within what is the votes tell us is the best series of red dwarf yeah. at this stage so to be the sixth best is still a very high standard without wanting to do too many spoilers i think it's fair to say that everyone is aware that this is the start of back to realities as yet completely unbeaten run of being the best 
of any poll that it's part of. <laughs> right? Yeah. There was a Better Than Life poll that had uh, Gunman on top. Oh, okay. Which is fair enough because that almost happened with us. So yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one day that will happen. Like the fan base will like take a take a twist towards the hipster, and Gunman will win. <laughs> oh, maybe the other way. Um, maybe yeah, a twist it's... towards the normies. Normie. Yeah, it's the normies. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the normies. They're the ones that like Gunman. Tell you what, I like that photo of Crichton. Yeah, that's uh, unused. So scanning a black box. Yeah. Yeah. Is that quarantine? No, it's um, it's back to reality because he's wearing the. Oh yeah, it's back to reality. Yeah. Oh, there no, goes gravity. No, no, no. Now you've done that. I don't know. I think it's back to Alex. I think it's when they're in the the um, the diving yeah. belt. Backwards. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's he's. Scamming. But we don't see that on screen. No. Yeah. That black box. No. It looks to me like a piece of uh, vision mixing equipment <laughs> yeah. that has had a, a sticker saying "black box" <laughs> pinned to it. it like With that in mind, could that be one of the more expensive props they ever used? If they were fucking picking <laughs> up vision mixers, surely they were like thousands <laughs> and thousands. Sticking them to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not quite sticking a. I mean, to be honest, actually, even sticking a Commodore sixty four to to like to walls in mid nineties, that's still that's still a good hundred quid. Yeah, that's not a cheap thing to be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they'd have to be broken, maybe. Yeah, an Amiga twelve hundred. Oh yeah, they were fucking. They were like they were like Deutschmarks um, after after the Second World War, just piling up in the streets. Like somewhere, there's a there's a deleted scene somewhere where Crichton's looking at a black box within the Esperanto. I don't know if that that is a if if that's like a a shot, like because the top one that's taken from the episode by the looks of it. Yeah, actually no, it isn't. That's a different shot. It's credited to Mike Vaughan. I think it's yeah. I think those photos are taken from the side of the the shooting in progress. So maybe we do see this in the episode, but just not from that angle. Mm. We don't see the prop. That's a very good point. He does a lot like of so scanning. the recut of the end of Stasis Leak in Remastered. Yeah. Same, same bit, but yeah, just one wide. Different day. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if it's a different take. Oh, it would, of course it would have been, because they have to move the cameras, wouldn't they? Categorical, empirical spelling of Dwayne Dibley is confirmed here. <laughs> take note, literally every cunt on Twitter. Um, and um, This Magazine, last issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as they put the one we've so very nearly used in. <laughs> yeah, very nearly used the correct one. Yeah. Now there's something to be said for this Lister's Cookery page, and that it's um, and what is that? It's a nice, it's it's ni- nicely put together visually. Like it's someone's definitely got some new toys to play with with the the publishing side of things here. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'd, I literally think this has been made into a thing, printed out, and then. Like they've just gone out and literally like knackered it up a bit and then taken a picture of it. It's pretty sharp for that, but yeah, yeah, maybe. I think from looking at the print version because you two are looking at scans yeah. of the the PDF. I think it's a real. I think it's a photo of a blank page oh, that's been okay. dated and and, uh, really and it's printed on top. Uh, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. The production is good. Yeah, it looks and. Good. The advantage of this is this is actually a functioning recipe. Yeah, that's all there is to it. <laughs> that's what I was going to say was like, actually, like normally a quiz page or like a fun page, it's like if it was actually a fun page, you could actually do something on it. That's great. But yeah. it isn't. And it's a complete waste of a page. However, this is actually a fucking genuine actual <laughs> yeah. 
and I, I'm I'm thinking I might try to make this and, and see what happens. <laughs> oh, there's a video. Genuinely though, Danny, <laughs> never try, try it. Soup, so it'd be very try it cold. What like one little sip and then just bung it in the microwave because but the, all the, of that look, sounds like it'd be amazing warm. The joke on this as well, the fact that it's actually just got alternative lines like, don't you fucking dare, don't you dare say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like I like Rimmer's interruptions. Actually, for what it is, for these kind of in character pieces of writing, it's one of the better ones. Yeah. This is There's fine. people that get like whole books out of doing food from particular, you know, fictional series. Yeah. There is a book that someone self-published of Red Dwarf recipes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've got it, and I keep meaning to review it. Yeah, we definitely need yeah, to have a go at a few of them. I think we could do. We everyone likes like cookery content on YouTube. I was going to say cookery <laughs> streams, but I don't think cooking on stream is particularly a thing. Maybe it is. Eating streams, people like that. What we need is another series that we're not going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know, I, I, you know. No, um... I get it. I'm after it, but like, I think that we need to just... <laughs> don't mention these things in front of me. I've told you're just you. peckish, Patsy. <laughs> we should. We you know what we should do. We should get kebab. <laughs> Although we did, did we try a Friday chili chip sandwich? Live. Yeah. Joe has made us. Friday chili chili sandwiches. No, times. not live. We did a, we did a live tasting of leopard lager, oh, the real yeah. life leopard lager, when it was mm. released. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, I have had gazpacho in Spain uh, because I saw it on the menu and wanted to <laughs> take a photo of me looking at it discerningly. <laughs> <laughs> How did the restaurant? Uh, find it was that? quite nice. It was quite nice, but it was a bit thin. Yeah. Oh, okay. I prefer a, I prefer a creamy soup. The closest okay. I've had to gazpacho is a fishy soir, which is also a cold soup. Which, as every schoolboy knows, fucking providing your education wasn't free, <laughs> should be tackled with a fishy soir's fork. Good. But yeah, it's horrible. Posh people just pretend to like shit like that. They just, they just pretend. Ah, I think they're just insane. And speaking of insane... <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> we move on to a new <laughs> comic strip. This is not a thing, is it? <laughs> I'm very surprised that this has two places in this magazine. <laughs> <laughs> two it's half like, um, Because it's so quick, it's like... You move on, and I, I moved on to like the, 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 like, oh, there's an advert, and now it's news. Like, And I had to scroll back and say, hang on a minute, what the... F- what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it feels like this could have been an advert for the Red Dwarf 2 video. They could have just put this as part of an advert. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is it just me, or does this do the bit from Crichton? Yes. yes. But then yeah. after that point, it becomes 100% unintelligible. <laughs> I don't Can, know you what... You just have an aversion to a strange. I don't know what anything that happens after that he isn't your android actually is doing yeah so i think what this is is a mixture of uh basically an episode of neighbors um yeah with robots because the bouncer is a joke if you know about neighbors bouncer is a dog in neighbors yeah and they're having a barbie like australians do and they're called jazz baz gaz but that's bronze on the barbie what he means is hair dryers i think what it is here is the juxtaposition of like (laughs) you've you've got the scene that we know and you expect them to be continuing yeah. that scene, and then all of a sudden it's 
I know it's cut to a different scene. I know her, you know, I know that that is a thing that happens in television. However, <laughs> uh, like, it, but it, is, it is odd in that that's a cliffhanger at the end of an episode of Androids, but it's presented as continuing yeah. straight on here. Yeah. So, yeah. In general, the, the concept of, like you say, a very quick thing that you, you flick through, I think it adds a, a texture to the magazine and a richness. Like we mentioned last time that there was, there's more. It felt like we didn't have the stats, but it felt like there were more and and shorter features. I think having little half page mm. extra comic strip like it just extends that out. It's not just the written features where we get quickies. Mm. Having quick comic strips as you're flicking through a magazine, I think, is a really nice. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 idea of itself, the the concept is is great, but this is shite. <laughs> IMO. <laughs> Uh, it's written and drawn by Kev F. Sutherland, who is now a really famous uh, comic artist. He drew the Bash Street Kids for a while. Oh, really? uh, yeah, well, I yeah. He works for the Beano. He's done. He's obviously he's done other Fleetway things. He's uh, done some Doctor Who yeah. things, I think. He also does comedy. He has a show called the Falsetto, the Scottish oh, Falsetto fuck, is he? Sock Puppet. Is that who that That's is? Him. Yeah, yeah. And here he is writing a robot theme. I thought you could say, and here he is in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I heard what you said about my fucking product. I assume he's Scottish. Shut up, you high pitched sock cunt. Anyway, yeah. I mean, to be to be fair to it. It isn't the worst short form comic strip in this magazine. <laughs> I mean, sweet. And then we have, like I say, the rich variation in this uh, magazine. We then have an advert for 2008. <laughs> That's the second time you've said 2008. I, I keep on wanting to say 2003. I don't know. 2007. I'm so used to there being an and after 2000. <laughs> It's a robo poster. It's a free robo poster. It's a fucking robo poster, lads. I quite like that poster, though. Yeah. yeah so that, I don't know what it's for. Art is just generally very interesting. Yeah. 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 I like it. Yeah. Well, that's that. Next. <laughs> it's news it's, from it's, the it's Ian's news yeah, round. Here we fucking go. <laughs> here we go. Oh, this is great. This is the bit where the evolution to a coherent living publication is pretty much complete. Yeah. A monthly topical section, yeah. news section. It's so simple. <laughs> like It's weird that the first seven didn't have this. It is a bit. But then, on the flip side, maybe it's just around about this point things really started happening. In... I mean, look at all this shit. Look at everything. That's what I'm thinking is yeah. happening because it's like all these things are... Like, I can't remember anything that actually happened for Red Dwarf other than this stuff kind of starting. So, other than Series 5 being shot, that's mm. probably the only thing mm. that was to do with anything, you know, to do with the show. There was no books, there was no novels, there was no... Well, we're in the we're ramping up to Christmas, aren't we? We're in September, October. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all yeah. these things are being planned for the Christmas market. Yeah, yeah there's the, like, everyone's <laughs> looking for those bi-yearly um, home video releases of series. Imagine that. <laughs> um, with yeah, four four coming out soon, and what did they? I'd, no, they don't mention it here, but um, 
somewhere else in the magazine Video. that um, Series 1 is on its way soon, which I believe is, yeah. is early 93, isn't it? That turns up. Um, so it's like really exciting shit. And like the, omnib- the fucking omnibus being announced. How weird is that to read? Yeah. Mostly removing the Kevin Keegan jokes and taking out some of the other contemporary references. Yeah. And note that in this magazine there are no Kevin Keegan jokes. Has the memo gone down from on high? <laughs> We're no longer doing Kevin Keegan jokes in Red Dwarf. Uh, there is a Kevin Keegan joke in, in this issue somewhere. Ah, uh, there is a Kevin Keegan joke. Uh, actually, there is a Kevin Keegan joke. I'm one of those. Well, I didn't um, notice it. I'm one of those smegheads who prefers the original that Jane as <laughs> a dig out. But, like, I mean, Kevin Keegan is funnier than Joe Clump. That is, uh, that, that yeah, is a yeah. fact. That is an objective fact. <laughs> Comedy is objective, as everyone knows. Well, if you're interested in the differences between the originals and the omnibus, uh, link in the show notes to an excellent article by Flappo Jacko. Indeed. Uh, from last year. One of the best written articles on G&T. Not, Not written by us. <laughs> <laughs> We're too busy doing this shit. We do talk about the books, but we did that at length. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sick and tired of book. Um... <laughs> Oh, Red Dwarf props have been sold that doesn't involve the prop store. Yeah. <laughs> sold through a prop. Um, series 6 is going to air in March. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, probably will coincide with the release of Son of Soup, won't it? I mean, sorry, um, Primordial Soup. <laughs> yeah. Primordial Soup, one of the few books not mentioned here. But, yeah, the uh, the official Red Dwarf companion is coming out, <laughs> written by Brewster Zow, who apparently does stuff for Vox. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I don't think... I don't think He'll amount to much, to be fair. Yeah. In him and George R. Martin. <laughs> um, um, did the program guide have a foreword by Robin Duck? I thought it did. I think it's a very short one. Mm. It's probably three words. Isn't the one of the books has got a comically short foreword by Robin Duck, doesn't it? Or am I thinking of something else? God, it's a race against the clock. It's like uh, it's like Finders Keepers. We're looking for we're looking for first edition. Uh, I picked up the wrong book. <laughs> Ian, Ian, one stop the clock. Stop the clock. Enjoy. Uh, Robin Doug. It, it does not. <laughs> it doesn't. It does not have a forward by Robin Doug. False advertising. Is that the original? Yeah. Is it? Uh, no, yeah. That's another bit of fake news from this magazine. Yeah, they just about declare that this is a book by. Not like who also, who also write for this, for magazine. this magazine. I mean, aren't they essentially the founders <laughs> and editors of this magazine? <laughs> yeah, the ma- <laughs> not editors. That was Mike Butcher, oh, but yeah. they were the ma- They were the only credited writers for the first few. Yes, the voice of this magazine, who yeah. used magazine words to. And start. they've just they've just completed a run of um, episode <laughs> yes. guides for all five series, which they're about to cannibalise and sell on. <laughs> oh dear. Um, there's a few interesting things mentioned in kind of in passing. Hattie has recorded part of her stand-up routine for Funny Farm, a comedy show on Scottish TV. Danny has been busy recording CDQ, a children's game show for Children's Channel. I had a look. None of this is online. None of it exists. Scant information about either show. Maybe it's one day. the age that it was in. Maybe one day. G&TV will stumble across it. Yeah. Maybe find channel. a suspiciously high quality uh, copy of a. The children's channel eventually evolved into Challenge, I think. Really? Because it was it was part of the Family Channel, like the Family was, Channel. I was going to say the Family Channel. Was, yeah, that was like TLC. The like children's show. channel with a subset of that, 
that had Earthworm Jim. Uh, it's really quite it a attraction. Uh, <laughs> and then that turned into Challenge, and then that got blown by Sky. So yeah, Shit. technically that channel still exists. That's cool. It's a bit like how Bravo went from black and white films to um, UFO documentaries. <laughs> Just, just, the, via, just the way uh, via softcore uh, pornography. Yeah, uh, Bravo Men and Motors. The evolution of a of a channel. And MTV went from show music videos to just being shit. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, the reconstructed heart is on YouTube, and is a former G and TV link in the show notes. Uh. I was... And Maid Marian and Her Merry Men does exist. It certainly does. Yes, it does. We'll also um, link to Parallel 9 in the show notes as well. Some may say, oh, yeah, some may say that every um, Pancake Day, if you listen very closely, if you look deep, <laughs> deep into the, the crevices of Red Dwarf Internet, you may see a reference to that television program. That is a nice t shirt. Or the yeah. Red Dwarf R one. Mm hmm. Simple mm-hmm. and good, and I like it. Yes. Do you know what? This is, yeah, little tiny section of the magazine, little tiny competition, but technically it's a quiz, so let's do it. Um, let's start with Danny. Tell us Crichton's middle name. Probably we'll do this in the House of Games style. We'll do the You Complete Me, ready? 2X. 4B. Or four C if you're watching a shit episode. Uh, I wanted Danny to just give the answer so I could say yes. That's the end of the quiz. I did the harder bit, which is the second bit, so I get an extra point and I win. Because of that, that was not a quiz. <laughs> I, I've just decided. Yeah. Um, so, like talking about Jane, like two two of the most interesting parts of this is written by her. I actually found her uh, mm. DJ review to be a little bit dry, but this news page is actually really nicely, like it flows quite, quite nicely. I, I just, mm-hmm. just thought I'd say mm-hmm. that just, you know, it, I guess it can be difficult to be more of the factual person, the factual writer. It's the sort of thing that we've had to write a lot in our time. Uh, I know it's difficult and I know that I'm worse than Jane Killick at it, but um, yeah, I just think, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a good. It's a good Are these people page. book mad? Made me, uh, made me chortle. <laughs> I liked that. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> One thing that is interesting is that they'd say that this magazine booked a seat in the auction hall and plan to give you a full report in a future issue. I hope they actually do do that. <laughs> well, they, they've been known to promise things that yeah. they've not. Yeah, yeah I kind of hope so. that that happens, but you know, only Ian knows the real. This is making me think that we might not get <laughs> that Red Dwarf USA review. God, can we just like talk about news from the door for a bit longer and then? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I forgot if I'd read this. Oh god, I'm, yeah, fucking hell. I genuinely, I'd like, like, bank this away as something that didn't happen. Okay. It's the amusing misadventures of Mr. Flibble. <sighs> now, uh, like, what's this now? A third comic strip? Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. the the format of well, it starts off this way of like the the text is is innocent and and uh, and what and suggests one thing and the images suggest a very different thing and that falls down at the end. This this feels very Python. Does this? Hmm. Remind me, did um did the Pythons have a penguin raping someone at gunpoint? They did not have that. No. no. Okay. No. They were not entirely in, <laughs> in their uh, treatment of women, but I don't think they I, I d- went that. Yeah. Far. No. So I've not misconstrued that. Then that that is what. 
Um, the sex part is not confirmed to be non-consensual. <laughs> is the best that I can Milan. say. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> But given that the previous panel mm-hmm. is Mr. Flibble holding the woman at gunpoint, I'm going to assume that your interpretation is mm. correct. When you said, like, you know, this magazine starts going places with its original <laughs> comic strips, <laughs> I, I've got to admit I wasn't, I wasn't quite expecting that. I mean, yeah, we've already had Ace Rimmer fucking uh, Deb's list, yeah. which was consensual. Well, <laughs> this is the thing, right? This is so... Uh... I feel like we always end up having these conversations and you can almost hear people rolling their eyes and telling us to shut up. But this is this is the early 90s and this was par for the course. This is this is just showing mm-hmm. what a how like almost insidious it was the casual kind of treatment of these subjects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it's not you know it's not that long since like most comedy shows and films um had dubious consent in them, you know, as a punchline yeah. all the time. Um, but paired with the fact that this is like such a fever dream, it's a character from Red Dwarf who is a penguin, who's a, a puppet of a penguin. Yeah. <laughs> Has uh, he reached this? And level? this is in an official, officially sanctioned and signed off by Robin. Yeah. Gould. This is what is messing me up: is the fact that is they obviously must have seen this and thought, yeah, <laughs> obviously <laughs> didn't. There was some good stuff in there. Yeah, Do you I, know what? If we'd done that interview after I'd seen this, I would have said, what, the raping penguin? <laughs> See what he would have said to that. In the panel next to the rape, um, there seems to be a character from Among Us. <laughs> and she seems to be flying away in love, apparently. So, that is, I, yeah. yeah. I sure hope that that uh, parcel that Mr. Flibble has, um, I really hope he doesn't put it on his car roof and drive off with it still on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tasteless, but it's not that bad. <laughs> I think other than that one panel, yeah. you could get away with the rest of the story. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, weird, weird. it's weird, but it's... It's no worse, it's, it's no weirder that... than the Jake Bullet stuff. It's just that was more to my taste because it was um, funny and worthwhile. But that was also yeah. very, that was also just purely wordy and like mm. in. Mm. Not... Also, Mister yeah. Flibble is an ally of the King of the Potato People. <laughs> is he? I don't know. What is his allegiance stated? Well, he certainly is liege lord. Because the King of the Potato People won't let me. Like R- Rimmer is. Is under the the, the, the the jurisdiction of the King of the Potato People, I think. Therefore, so yeah, Mr. Flibble. But it could. It, it, I mean, because the King of the Potato People wouldn't let him do stuff, maybe he wants to rebel against the King of the Potato People, as Mr. Flibble does here. Like, it's not That's true. necessary that he's voluntarily serving at the pleasure of the King of the Potato People. It could be under the fascist junta of the King <laughs> of the Potato true. People. But none of that really justifies using um, a thermonuclear device at close range, though. I mean, that, that is <laughs> I mean, not advisable. It would be a pyrrhic victory. <laughs> and what I, what's really amazing and how prescient this is, is that it's got a panel where Mr. Flibble says, fuck that YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> oh, as he's, the parent of he's a five-year-old, about PewDiePie. <laughs> I read it and I was like, oh, what, what, oh, 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 tuba, right. And then it took me a while to go back to the guy that realizes that that is actually a potato that sat on the toilet. Yeah, really, potato <laughs> porn. Yeah, we have potato tits in this. This is the potato potato. <laughs> so, if this is that's what made uh, Brian Harvey run over his own head. <laughs> I don't get that. Do you not remember Brian Harvey from E Seventeen? Ran over his own head he fell because he'd eaten too many baked potatoes. That is the reason he gave, wasn't it? He'd eaten too many baked potatoes, so he'd. Add... I had fucking loads of baked potatoes. <laughs> So, in my head, I so he fell out of his car and it rolled over his head. I thought yeah. that he'd use a potato to chock the car. <laughs> <laughs> and it had come loose somehow. <laughs> hey, yes, both things could be true. We put a potato on the accelerator. <laughs> so I guess if, if last month we had a short comic strip by someone who's been watching too much airplane, or too much yeah, Naked yeah. Gun... This is a comic strip by someone who's been basically who the ads in this magazine are. Yeah, aimed at. this is this is this is two thousand AD. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, the fact that it's written by two people is kind of insane. You needed, um, you needed to <laughs> to get the to get the nuance. You needed you needed the themes to run through. Yeah. The artwork's good. Yeah, the artwork is very good. That's the thing. that's the annoying thing. It's annoying. It's just that one fucking panel, yeah. which is like it's it's that bad that you can't excuse the whole strip as a result of it. Yeah. Like I'm not saying oh it's mainly fine, but it is mainly fine. I didn't notice yeah. the love hearts <laughs> and the flying away. That is that is egregious. Wow, at first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As much gold. Yeah, there we go. Pi- well, no, that's Python. That's Python. Yeah, like sending stuff <laughs> like that joke. up in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, shall we cleanse our soul oh, by reading Raggy. the words of Peter Rag? Cleanse our souls. I'd really like to know who his assistants are. <laughs> they all work for him. All the assistants that work for me. It's like, are you going to mention anyone other than Paul McGuinness? Are you going to mention fucking Rocky's name, who designed Starbucks? The, one of the assistants <laughs> who came up with the bug thing. I just, oh yeah, it made, it made me laugh. It made me laugh. It's very, um, it's interesting because this is like, you know, slap bang in the middle of the of the BBC days and it's all, you know, you've got your hierarchies. Uh, you've yeah. got your, you know, it's all very current isn't it he does he's he comes across it's a very bbc of the time attitude go, yeah. of like the head the head of the department being the main guy and it's not it's not a criticism of peter rag at mm. all but it's like it's the way it's the way it works yeah. it's like you you have a team and i really like the way that he like he doesn't give anyone individual credit or maybe he did and they cut it out we don't know but he does talk about how talented they all are mm. and how they can basically do everything. They've got experts in certain areas, but everyone's expected to have a basic skill level where they can do a bit of model making yeah. and a bit of this and a bit of that. Paul McGuinness gets yeah. his credit for Hollowship. Yeah. But that's it. It's, which is, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I think it's, it's very easy to look at this because, like, obviously in our eyes, the model unit have happened, and Mike Tucker's very much the you know, well not so much the main man. He's the figurehead, but like 
when it comes to stuff like this individual like individual responsibility i guess is the word or like you know oh this person did like i'm a fan of i'm a big fan of rocky because he's got this style and he did you know this this and this mm. um you know he he designed one of the most iconic spaceships that have ever been designed um you know but like but this is just this is work that's coming out of the department this department yeah, has assigned red dwarf yeah and yeah it's interesting but also we've only been active in fan circles since peter reg retired yeah so the torch really was passed on to mike tucker yes. um when peter reg retired yeah. mike tucker was running the visual effects unit at the time that it got shut down or the model unit within the visual effects uh, unit yeah. when it got shut down and started it off as his private company and he was the person that came to all the djs as like the leader thereof mm. and yeah it's a different culture now than it was then mm-hmm. i would have loved to have met peter egg and had the level of conversations with him that we've had with mike tucker and yeah. maybe not peter tyler i think some of the conversations we've had with peter tyler I best want be- from be- peter best egg. left in the archives <laughs> <laughs> no, Peter Tyler's uh, Peter Tyler. The Peter Tyler interview on GNT is one of the seminal works. It's oh, yeah. fucking love that. That has some amazing, never seen before seen behind the scenes photos, and Speaking not one of which... mention of Cunnilingus. It's completely Cunnilingus free. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, links in the show notes. That's a really good interview. Well done, John. Well done. <laughs> Links <laughs> to the show notes, the interview that is. Yeah, not not, not Pete Tyler's <laughs> thoughts on Cunnilingus. Cunnilingus, me old mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and speaking of lovely photos, look at the lovely photos. Yeah, Peter Egg. It's really nice to see Good. them in their sort of you know their native habitat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and here we have the visual effects <laughs> boss. In his natural habitat, next to a natty, an ultimately disappointing-looking beast that was shot very, very <laughs> well in the end. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the series five jumper. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful jumper. Uh, that's in a size that would fit me as well. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite picture is the one of the Justice uh, sh- ship. Yeah in the background, Moosebase Alpha from Quarantine in the foreground, with the Eiffel Tower leading precariously on top for whatever reason. (laughs) Yeah, two of the most iconic and greatest creations for the show. And the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Do you know what? I noticed the thing at the beginning. I was like, oh, that's that's, um, Quarantine. That's nice. I didn't even clock the fact that the one behind it, the massive thing behind it is the Justice, (laughs) which is Uh, an unbelievably good, well-designed model. The self-loathing self-loathing head is on the shelf at the back there at least i think it is oh, yeah. oh it's like a mold yeah. like yep. a cast yeah, of it, cast of it. Yeah. Yeah. it's very much like the mask <laughs> it is <laughs> yes it is and top right of that photo seems to be a red extension cable uh, thing attached to a pipe on the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> all up to code of course yeah uh, the scutters there in their final resting place. <laughs> in their uh, little box. With a little baby scutter in his hand. Aww. Oh, he's got a little baby scutter in his hand. I didn't realise what he had. That's very cute. <laughs> that scutter's dead now. <laughs> Is that the box that... Um... Oh, shit. Derek Middings. Fuck it, no. The lad who did the motion control, the stuff that he did in the fucking... Andy Bowman was talking about the, um, the, the scutters. 
in the thing saying about the the the, um, the radio frequency stuff, it said that they had they would live in yeah, a yeah, house that they built with saying uh, Mercedes and Ben lived inside, and I think that's the boxes. Oh, he can't, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it probably is also the box that they ended up rotting in as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, Jez has got one of them, and I can I can hundred percent commit yeah, the fact it's that it's, it is rotting. <laughs> sure, it's falling apart. How would you pay for the scudder's head? Oh, boys. <laughs> I find it interesting as well that when talking about the fates of the two red dwarfs, that um, he does not um, put forward the falling off a shelf story. Yes, yeah, yes, no, that not, leapt yeah. out to me like it didn't leap off a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like that's a bit apocryphal. <laughs> I think that it did happen, but I reckon he's saying that it was literally about eight feet long from scoop to engine that virtually fell to pieces over the years. So my brain thinks that basically just collapsed under its own weight and fell off the shelf, and that's what they used as the right. You know, so he uses the less it just, it just had a failure point. Yeah. It just basically just kind of destroyed itself. Maybe there was a point at which it fell off the shelf, but that wasn't the only cause. That wasn't like the main or only cause of its destruction. It was already knackered. Yeah, it was, it was pretty like, That was just the final nail. Yeah. I might it just did two, but yeah, I, I can but, see that. But equally, I can see, oh, it fell off a shelf just being a bit of shorthand that didn't actually happen. Just, to be honest, just I'm sure model makers have got a thousand and one stories where something just fell off the shelf. I'm pretty sure that any model made by certainly by like because he talks like what something that sticks out to me but isn't actually that surprising is the amount he talks about cost and just doing the right amount not wasting like you know spending money spending time so anything they built was probably only ever intended to last oh yeah the shoot to, two to weeks do the, you know whatever yeah, however many to do the job that it needed to do i think that i think that's I yeah think so red right. dwarf lasting well, I mean, to be fair, it probably only lasted about as long as it needed. <laughs> like, it did its first shoot. Like three, three or four years. Yeah. It, but then it was only ever... Until they had, did they, they, had re- did they record any more Red Dwarf flybys? Or was it all the original... Sh- I think it was all the original shoot, wasn't it? There was definitely extra model shoot shots that included Red Dwarf, but not necessarily the flyby type close-ups that they got ah, in Series right, 1. So you hang it in the background. Yeah. I'm th- hang yeah. it in the background and having other model action happening the only ones I can think of that were probably new for series 3 and 4 was the sort of first shot you get where it's kind of pulling towards camera like that's uh, the only one I can think yeah, of where yeah. that looks like that's the one that's the only one that's used like poly- the polymorph like zooming in well that one as well yeah exactly yeah. those little sort of extra bits where they were doing like specifically on different parts but you don't have to have all the dwarf there for that to happen but yeah yeah it's amazing when you realise how much, like, when you know the model makers only concentrate on what the camera will see, and it's like if you to move the camera one feet to the right or to the left, it would the detail just like there. just like video games. It's true, yeah, exactly. You don't do you don't you don't paint the back of the model. I was going to say back face culling uh, ha- happened <laughs> with physical builds as well. It's the physical ability yeah. of back face cull, exactly that. One thing that's interesting about the cause I, I, like I was really excited to read this. I've never read this interview, and I, initially I was like, when I got to the end, I was like. Ah, is that it? it? It honestly didn't quite scratch the itch that I wanted it to. But then, thinking about it in context of the time, like it's almost yeah. like Baby's first visual effects interview. It's like <laughs> it's like they're introducing the concept to a lot of people here. Like this is you know this isn't an article on G and T where everyone's already at like a certain level and wants like the hardcore stuff you know this is a really cool way of like just getting people aware of what goes into this yeah you know and and how unusual the dwarf is as well 
touches on that that red dwarf is needs mm. all almost all the disciplines that they do for a particular show all of them were present in red dwarf and also you don't get that much of people talking about visual effects that aren't models mm. like the the vast majority of the discussion to this day around red dwarf is about the models and or the cgi ship stuff yeah but he goes briefly here into talking about, well, as well as that, we do pyrotechnics, we do props, we do blah, 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 blah. blah. There will be a slight explosion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we do, we do occasionally try to kill the uh, cast on the sunset. But, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that's always been a bit, like, to, to the point where, I, like, I'd always, like, focused on the models and stuff, and I hadn't necessarily thought about who did the physical effects on set and mm. i remember we were sat in a pub in ealing broadway talking to mike tucker once yeah. um when we when we used to meet him for drinks <laughs> and um and and like he was like i made a bit of a tip myself because i kind of i asked a question that suggested that i didn't know that they did um their physical effects on set with the explosions and that um because i hadn't really thought about it which is which is fair enough to be fun with because you kind of assume that like the model stuff's done by one team and the sort of the visual Mate, on yeah. camera stuff. Yeah, like there's a there's a separation. Pre-record and the live stuff are done by two different people. You wouldn't think I not not initially anyway. Mm. It makes sense it's the same people, but not honest, unless you I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is now it would be separate people mm. yes, because we exactly. live in the in the freelance world. Exactly. Um Whereas, yeah, at the time, the model unit was just one part of the bigger visual effects unit. You were very heavy so Peter Rag. <laughs> <laughs> I will say something here, because I'm not quite sure the maths works out, when it says we had one camera that was running at 3,000 frames a second, which is incredibly high speed. The explosion probably took about two seconds. Uh, you're running it so fast, you've probably got 20 seconds worth of film. I've worked that out to be 300 frames a second, not 3,000. He's added, a, he's added a zero on uh, I think Yeah, yeah. I think 3,000 frames. I don't even know if cameras could do thousands of frames a second at that No, time. I don't think so. I think that might be just a mishearing or something. Yeah, or a typo. Yeah. Uh, 3,000 divided by 25 would give you two minutes of uh, footage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. to be honest with you, if there was a camera shot that would shows it at 3,000 frames a second, I want to fucking see it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you need like a shit ton of light for that? Like, it, that's how it works. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing. It's like exposure is the key to, yeah. to running high, high speed. So, yeah, when, you, when you're shooting stuff, like there's a YouTube channel called uh, Slow Mo Guys, and basically shoot anything, anything faster than like. A thousand frames a second. It has to look like as if you just set off a nuclear bomb at it yeah. because it just—it's just so bathed with light. That's what it needs for the camera to even. But it's all information. It's all resolution, isn't it? It's either temporal resolution is the frame rate, or you know, yes, yeah, the actual screen exactly resolution. That. You sacrifice one for the yeah, other. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is that Polaroid that Lister took <laughs> of his future Echo was actually three thousand frames a second, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the fastest speed there is. <laughs> Photo developed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Fires out, Polaroids out. Just okay. done. <laughs> <laughs> You're describing a digital camera at this point, aren't you? <laughs> I've noticed as well. Actually, I've just realised in this last picture in the um, in the the, the self-loathing beast. That's well, the, the one, one that looks behind. 
Yeah, the one that looks like a fucking murderer's dungeon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the polymorph's back, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like leaning forward. Because there was that whole scene where it kind of grew out, didn't it? It kind of, like, there was scenes where they kind of think that might be part of one of those those molds. I bet they're all, like, literally don't exist anymore. Oh, they'll have just rotted. Because they'll have rotted, yeah. Like, fucking hoggle. I think they said they were trying to get the polymorph back for a thing and said, is it still available? And they looked at it and they were just like, guys, we can't use that. It's ruined. <laughs> Are these all just random heads? Because none of them look like Robert. They'll be sculpts, won't they? They'll just be like tests. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? There's one that could be Robert. Yeah? <clears throat> um, bottom row, the one nearest to the camera that you can see, that looks a little bit Robert-y. Yeah. The one in the top left looks like he's doing Limmy's Mr. Lips. There's <laughs> like the self <laughs> I never realised how much of a fucking underbite he's got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like um, Sir Henry Bottomtooth. Is that his name? <laughs> From Fam- Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> De- that definitely isn't the right word. Sir Horan's Terrence's bottom tooth cocks. It's great. I, I, yeah. I want more of this, please. Next. Know the game. Zero G Football by Steve Noble. So, someone uh, likes Hitchhikers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea of this because it is kind of this is the kind of stuff that we don't get to delve mm. into a lot and it's the kind of thing that if there ever was a movie I would have liked to have seen visualised so it's kind of nice that people have like done something about it yeah it's gone hard into the silly territory but then to be yeah. fair the actual Red Dwarf universe has things like oblong goalkeepers in football so. yeah that's yeah exactly you've got gelfs <laughs> yeah. that fill the goal so it's it's, mm. it's not really that crazy to be fair it's from that kind of yeah the book universe really yes, it fits very much so. it's Mornington Crescent basically the majority of it is discre- or um, Blurn was it Blurns Ball <laughs> yes it's yes. Blurns yeah. yeah 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 they're totally from ripped off Blurns Futurama. Ball fuckers <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, once again Matt Groening ripping off <laughs> <laughs> um, here's something that you'd probably know about almost certainly know more about than me, but I, I was looking up where minis were made because I was like, I, I, I know that they weren't always made in Birmingham, but they were made in Birmingham from 1986. They were for a while, yeah, at Longbridge. Yeah. That's a controversial part, really, in itself, because we've been talking on GNT, it's come up a few times over the years, of why Lister, a scouser, supports the London Jets. Oh, right. Is he a glory hunter? And my headcanon on it was that there's like one team per country really because it's a global game or it's a galactic game where you know you've got oh this is Birmingham like in... Alabama <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there you go. they just happen to make mini coopers so... there as well. <laughs> it's a bit like when Birmingham City Council handed out leaflets um, and they'd used a backdrop of Birmingham Alabama on it <laughs> that was a while ago. Okay, so that yeah, list is not glory hunter. <laughs> well, there is only one team per country. I was going to say it's like it'd be a bit rich, you know, talking about glory hunters, Man United fans. These are Man United fans from the seventies and eighties, which is a slightly different, and they were from Manchester. So, you know, obviously that doesn't quite scan. I'm not talking about Man United fans. No, I'm talking about Robin Doug, Man United fans. 
Oh, no, they're not glory hunters. No, exactly. But, like, they are the ones that wrote Red Dwarf, right? <laughs> so they are relevant yeah. to this conversation. But, you know, the, char- the character of The character Lister of Lister being a glory hunter. hunter. But then he could have been living in London for a while. He was going on a Monopoly pub crawl. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking, yeah, in American sports, you have one team per state that competes in the national. Yeah. You know, like the MLB or the NBA or the NFL. I suppose if you sort of uh, replace state with county, we kind of do that anyway. There's a nice. I mean, that's cricket. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a nice detail here, which is um, a reminder of the rules, those ancient and se- semi-legendary laws. I-, I like the idea of them just being these like thousands and thousands of year old like laws of the game that <laughs> the people are struggling to 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 interpret now, which presumably is what is happening here because it's complete nonsense. Take 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 cricket. Cricket has some bizarre names for things that have come from bloody hundreds of years mm. of pissing about and you know like golf and rugby and cricket and all these sports have these weird terminologies for things that have roots in you know well cricket like was invented by um the the, the cricket man john cricket <laughs> from uh <laughs> who tried to throw so a ball like twice. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah silly mid off yeah, so I was trying to work out like, like, does this actually make any sense? But it's not supposed to. No, there's been another debate over the years of whether f- the football of zero G football pertains to American football or football, a yeah. soccer, and this is quite clearly neither. <laughs> but there's still there's mention of touchdown. Uh, the art suggests American football, but it's clearly its own thing. Yeah, and they've got like whisks. <laughs> it's a bit. They like, had whisks, remember? It's a bit massive, like Mad Max, whisks. more than sort of an actual. Yeah, football. it feels like more like yeah. a death match, you know, because it's like yeah. But then again, you know, you read these, you read these things, and it sounds stupid. But you kind of you read the rules rules for like rugby union or golf cricket, and you get just weird shit going on. Well, rug, rugby unions have gone; like, their rules have been going through an absolute shit show recently. Well, they're just like changing all. Oh, Formula One as well. That's another one where yeah. you just have the most tiny little like things that just don't make any sense in context. They're, they're like reactions to a particular incident that happened in one Grand Prix mm. or something, and it's like. It's just not, you know. It's just not cricket, is it? like football because it is completely uncomplicated and there's absolutely no controversy about interpretations of rules, what the rules should be, what should be enforced. No, and they'd never changed the rules, for example, regarding goalkeepers' behaviour during penalty shootouts in response to single. <laughs> no, not at all. <sighs> one, one last thing before we move on to the other football. Um, Steve Noble football. is almost certainly a brummy thinking about it because. I was thinking about like why would he like pick Birmingham Mini Coopers? And then in the first paragraph, he actually says the 37th season of the Zero G football in Boston, London town. Boston. <laughs> Boston. Like literally no one other than a Brummie would say Boston, surely. That's Boston, <clears throat> Let's move on to... We need some drama to lift our spirits and pump us full of adrenaline. This is... Weird. Seb Patrick's favorite ever comic book strip, oh, uh, which is not a surprise. Yes. Not ev- no, no favorite ever magazine strip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially since Ace of the Rovers. Well, Melchester, where they always modelled after Liverpool, because <laughs> the, the stripes <laughs> no. on the shorts that is aggressively Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah, Smegchester, uh, are based on Liverpool's Adidas kits of the yes. time. By the looks of things, Melchester were red and yellow. 
Right, yes. Which is, I do like how prescient this is. Because like, by 2180, the sport has benefited from many refinements such as high-definition game simulators, mm. replacing the outmoded halftime team talk and robot referees equipped with very yeah. sensitive audio and visual circuitry for instant playback in the oh-so-tricky situation. Imagine such a thing. If a clear <laughs> and obvious error happens, it can be just clear. <laughs> I do like how they follow one of the most prescient parts of this by um, assuming that Anyone gives a fuck about sweepers anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a very topical <laughs> thing. Very topical, yeah. And that's something I just, yeah, that went right over my head. My only gripe with this entire uh, strip comes in the opening caption, uh, which is slugging off John Motson. Hmm. Yeah. He's recently died, yeah. guys. <laughs> 30 years after you published this too early guys <laughs> his body wasn't even cold I mean he was still really warm actually because he had this massive coat boiling in fact <laughs> I can't imagine how Like maybe all commentators start off where you just like when they're younger you just think this guy's annoying yeah they go yeah, yeah. and then they become seasoned I, mean, I think I probably went through a phase of grumbling when John Matson was on England duties because it wasn't Barry Davis <laughs> and well, Barry Davis is the best yeah that's fair so. enough because yes you're, you're correct but yeah I, I like John Matson yeah hung like a fucking racehorse apparently <laughs> not heard that one <laughs> yeah like a baby's armour really described us there's similar legend about uh, Dion Dublin <laughs> Dion Donkey yeah. Donkey Dublin and I remember Someone was receiving Sports Personality of the Year. Could it have been Gary Lineker? <laughs> Maybe. Or like Gary Lineker was presented it to someone and yeah. mentions Dion Dublin, <laughs> like bleakly mentions that he's got a massive cock. <laughs> Cuts to Dion Dublin with the stoniest fucking face you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> really so unhappy. <laughs> uh, it's funny what you remember. And that's when he went on to Holmes Under the Hammer and showed how big his real estate really is. Yeah, he wants to be careful what's under the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to keep it out of the way. It's a bit unusual, but I like it. <laughs> anyway, was um, was Roy Race a sex pest in the in Roy the Rovers? Because I've never really read Roy the Rovers. Uh, no, it was a kids thing. I think of course, yeah. Here, well, okay. Well, not not so much sex pest, but like um, a lad, like obliquely. It's com- it's being conflated a little bit here with things like uh, Scorer, uh, uh, which was a comic strip in the Daily Mirror, and the Sun had oh, one, which I think was called Striker, yeah, yeah. which were like dirty cartoons oh, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. national newspapers, and it was like a footballer who was like it was like an adult Roy the Rover right. which it was designed to be. So they're conflating that a little bit, but it's an otherwise perfect, perfect parody pastiche right a loving tribute to Roy of the Rovers to the point to the extent where according to Seb in emails that I found uh, yesterday discussing this uh, strip the letterer is the same letterer as Roy of the Rovers oh. at the time Barry Mitchell the artist did Roy of the Rovers stuff I was going to say, there's no way this wasn't a Roy of the Rovers artist at some point because it just looks... Well, like... Roy of the Rovers at this stage was published by Fleetway as well, <laughs> so it's kind of like a little crossover. The credited writer on this is Billy Dane. 
Billy Dane is the name of the main character of Billy's Boots, which was a backup strip in the Roy the Rovers comic. And Billy's Boots is the story in which a kid gets a pair of magic boots that make him the best in the world at football, which is essentially the trapping the trappings of Roy of the Rovers with that plot is the plot of this. Ah, okay, so if if you'd Amazing. read this, then you you would be some like serious like you'll be like serious over. Yeah, there's a reason August. why it's um, yeah, yeah, such yeah. favorite. Yeah, <laughs> it's lovely. In the email, Seb says like it was when I originally put together the bare bones of this magazine catalog, which was like fucking ten years ago. I sent it through, and and I think we'd recently discovered this cache of PDFs of the magazine, which was what prompted me to start doing magazine related stuff. And I said, uh, "Seb, download volume one, issue eight, and skip to page whatever, because <laughs> <laughs> like you will like this." And he said, "Yeah." I first read Ace of the Rovers at your house, flicking through your magazine collection, and it made me go. Uh, the next DJ, I went and bought that specific issue so that I could own Ace of the Rovers. So, if you love Roy of the Rovers as much as Seb did, and Red Dwarf as much as Seb did, then this is the best thing you've ever seen. <laughs> this strip to me is like the back to earth of this magazine <laughs> because it's like none of this, none of this rings. To me, uh, anything <laughs> other than acing yeah. it a bit, and then it's like nothing else really makes any sense unless you already know the context. <laughs> well, yeah, Danny, yourself yeah. and anyone listening, if you want to know more about uh, why the rovers, there is an excellent episode of Seb's podcast Beyond the Touchline that specifically talks about why the rovers. Now, what was it called? A few of our favourite things, I think, actually. Um, I'll find it anyway, but the, but it, it's a podcast worth worth listening to. Um, it's also had the excellent David Hartrick and um, Dennis Hurley on it, talking uh, with Seb yeah. talking about football ephemera. Just, you know, the most Seb shit imaginable. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll stick a relevant episode in the show notes. So. But yeah, it's got all the, the hallmarks of classic Roy of the Rovers. I really like the the commentary from the crowd. It was always a good thing in Roy of the Rovers. Like You get the way that they let you know what's happening in the match by just having speech bubbles coming out from random people in the crowd. Like It's their conversation that you're overhearing. Right. And they've got all of that here. <laughs> Phew, what a let-off that was. <laughs> it's just a pity that Smegchester already have an unassailable 8-0 lead. <laughs> well, it sounds Do... like the goalie's saying that. <laughs> Yeah, the goal is saying that one. That was a bad example. Do, <laughs> but, no, do no. Melchester ever like grind out a creditable one-all draw? <laughs> I was looking at the Wikipedia for uh, Roy the Rovers, and like obviously there's a history section of the, the fictional club. <laughs> it said, uh, Melchester Rovers never seemed to uh, end a season in mid-table. <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I understand why if you're not a football fan or a Roy the Rovers fan, you would be baffled by it. Even but... like even I mean, because I'm not I'm not a Roy the Rovers guy, but I am a football fan. But like it's it was it's really fun. It's someone who is lovingly referencing something that they clearly know a lot about. Mm. It fits beautifully, really, into this weird extended universe that this magazine is really trading in now. It's yeah. like the perfect conceit for for Ace Rimmer for sure. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And there's it's... also, I don't know whether I'm seeing things, but there seems to be an It's Wonderful Life reference. 
off Stamford Bridge, but I don't know if that's just. Yes, yeah, he's about to jump off Stamford Bridge, which is Chelsea's ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in yeah. this dystopian city, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, not dystopian, but it's it's drawn very much like you know, look at the, like the jaggedy skyscrapers, like it's yeah. like it's some sort of futuristic. Um, well, it is set in the future. It is, isn't it? It's twenty. Yeah, twenty one eighty. Yeah. Um, I I don't know whether I like or I'm just mildly amused by the uh, the non-Rimmer characters making these tiny little cameos. Yeah. Uh, Lister is the barman. Yeah, I saw that. I, yeah, I saw Lister be the barman. I thought that, that kind of makes sense. Crichton's the ref. Crichton's the ref for some reason. <laughs> Robot ref. Courtney. <laughs> Courtney. And the cat is is and, yeah, yeah. is. One of One the front of the four, I guess. It looks, it looks like they've got a classic uh, bank of yeah, four at the front. And <laughs> uh, Hitler seems to be playing as well. Oh, he always makes an appearance. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Is, is he right wing? Is he? The problem that he always had was uh, he only had one ball, so if it went over the... He went and got lost and he couldn't <laughs> continue practising. Yeah. Now you just reminded me of... Um, of Marine and their little number number board, so, <laughs> so they know Love when that. the ball goes over. Uh, know, they know which garden it's gone into, which house to knock which on. House to to knock on. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is not a small club. This is this is a a high ranking non league club. Love that. I, I thought that was a standard thing for kind of low league <laughs> club, but no, nope, just that particular. Yeah. <laughs> Can I be it's Merseyside. Everything's really packed together. Everything's really packed together. In Merseyside. It's a similar with yeah. Anfield and and Goodison. Is that they're, they're, they're basically in like people's back gardens like this. If I if I lived so next close. to a football, I probably would have got into football. I probably would have because I, it would have been around me. So it probably would have been something yeah. I would have got into. Also, like, would have got rich selling the balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're from Leeds. You had a lucky escape with your local football yeah. team. Yeah. What in the shit? Uh, not so much the shit is that they're all cunts. All right. <laughs> my mum, my well, well, my Leeds. my mum supported Leeds when she was growing up because she, it was the equivalent of because she was the equivalent. Well, I mean, you know, no, you know, being being in North Yorkshire, it's not unheard of. But Leeds were were just the team you support because they were the best team for a large swathes of the of the time. Short swathes. Yeah, short. Combined into a, a medium-sized swathe, <laughs> um, but dirty, dirty stick. The, the, the thing I can't get my head past with this comic strip is why is he called Ray? Because Roy, I know it's Roy. I know that. <laughs> I get Danny. The original's called Roy of the Rovers, and he's Ray. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, he should be called Arnold, surely. But that, I know that doesn't. But that that breaks everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. But you might as well have him as Roy Rimmer. Yeah, Roy yeah. Rimmer, yeah. Maybe that's too close. Maybe maybe Oh no, actually no, there is no copyright issues. This is fucking Fleetway. No, yeah. Not, not no, Roy, is... no. <laughs> <laughs> and and the fact that they've used their exact logo pretty much. Slightly controversial thing actually is that there's a newspaper called the Smeg, which is quite clearly meant to be the Sun. <laughs> Never buy well, the Smeg. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a fitting name for it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, it could be the star. Actually, that looks more like the star. Let's yeah. say that. There is something that confused the fuck out of me when I saw this. Why is Rimmer the shooter and the ref? Yeah. That's the thing that's freaking me out. I don't understand. I don't understand. That's the only... That's the only there's a little montage oh, yeah. of 
of game action where you see Rimmer playing in every position because he's like he's the best. He's he's literally all over the pitch. He's yeah. doing everything. He's passing it to himself and etc. And the punchline of that is always the, also the goalkeeper. That man's everywhere. But in the middle, you've got this one panel where he's the linesman, and that doesn't make any no, sense. It doesn't at best, the shit out at best, that's a conflict of interests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just that just messed me up because I was just like, uh, is the other it's rim necessary that he, panel? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. But... Yeah, I think it was something that you'd be able to sell more in video, I guess. Than maybe a, yeah, a, a I get that the joke is that he's yeah. just, he's that good, he's he's that fast, he's everyone, that quick, yeah. he can be everyone. Yeah, or maybe it everyone. feels like to their. It's just the linesman bit. That yeah, maybe sense. this is we're we're looking at it from the the perspective of the opponents where it feels like he's. He's everywhere and he's everything. <laughs> so it's an unreliable yeah, narrator. An unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah it's lovely. It's really lovely, lovely, well illustrated and all the rest. Yeah, the the little um, flashback to to the olden days. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, the original hot yeah. shot, <laughs> dead shot rather. Good mustaches. That's how you can tell it's the olden days or Birmingham at any point in history. Why have you got against? Because because people in Birmingham have moustaches. It's just how it works. It's not a bad thing. It's just a thing that exists. <laughs> also, Birmingham's mentioned about a million times in this. In this, I can't not. I don't think it is. It's just Wolverhampton. Well, Bir- Birmingham was mentioned twice in the intro in of the. Uh, well, referenced twice in the intro of the Zero G thing. Anyway, we turn the page. We're very nearly at the end of the magazine. Uh, There's just time for a next issue preview. So let's wait until we've finished this issue and then go back to that. But don't worry, Capsi, your favourite. It's back. (laughs) It's back. Part two. Androids. And this one, funnily enough, basically picks up the Brooke and Kelly story. (laughs) Yeah, it does. This would have made more sense for that to carry on directly from the sort of recap bit. I just there's just something about it where I just I am just unable to parse anything with this. It's like it, it's like I've never felt so old. It just feels like 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 white noise. You're missing the joke. Well, I, what's the joke? No, that's what I mean. That's what it feels like. Oh yeah, like, I'm yeah, not, I'm yeah, not yeah. I don't. The joke. Yeah. yeah. I guess these are probably something that happened in, like, some stuff was probably, like, uh, contemporary with some stuff that happened in uh, Neighbours at the time. Maybe. Yeah, I wonder if there's specific storylines that are being parodied. Yeah. Because it's hard to forget that Neighbours was fucking huge oh, man. at one stage over here. Like, serious, like, 15, 16 million viewers for, the, uh, for Scott and Charlene's wedding or something. Like, it was... Probably culturally, and probably with this sort of teen audience, more uh, culturally relevant and well known than EastEnders or Corrie at the mm. time. That, that's not to say that they weren't. Yeah, huge, no, that's a fair point. Although there, there is an EastEnders. Neighbours was punching up with yeah, them. I'm trying to work out when Bouncer's Dream happened. I don't know whether you guys know about <laughs> yeah, I do know about Bouncer's Dream. I've heard tell of Bouncer's Dream. I don't think I've ever seen It's absolutely insane. Um, the theme tune is by Android Lou Weber. <laughs> it says here, not bad. which contradicts the um, the credits that we see in the deleted scenes for series yeah. two. <laughs> Maybe he's like he's he's 
like so talented that he's like earned his own name it's a bit grim actually when you think of it like all these androids with numbers <laughs> next to them and yeah you know you have to earn your own name. well there is like gilbert he just prefers to be called Andrew <laughs> yeah not everything right okay so maybe this is this is maybe relevant for rob grant's Butsky as well is that not everything fits being expanded if you know what i mean like, not every bit of the red door yes. no the only the only stuff that makes sense for like extended universe is when they mention anything in the books, um, mm. like the stuff where you know like there's this plots that Crane remembers about the stuff, but they never actually they, they should have used those as um, yeah like how to do. But again, mm. these are just meant to be. I don't even know what these are doing other than just being just breaking half-page up fillers. Well, I like um, I, I like the concept of half half page fillers as we've as we've mentioned. Yeah. I think that's that's a good thing to do is that's just i think androids was a single joke thing in red dwarf and it was a very yeah. good single joke and i think that they've had to go a bit i don't know i'm really not articulating myself very well about my feelings towards this so i'll just move on but i, I don't like it very much it does say next i thought it didn't say east androids i thought it said fast androids <laughs> 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 on the on the last on the last one there was um what was it next um Eldorad droids yeah <laughs> yeah all right do you want to make any predictions <laughs> Emma Dale droids <laughs> oh god there's not more is there <laughs> I cannot confirm what now <laughs> what we need now is just to kind of calm down a little bit is just one of the most nothingness boring articles uh, like you know pieces that you could that you could muster just to kind of just to you know, I mean, they've done it with all the other all the other characters. They have to do the cat yeah. as well. Yeah, so they have true. to fill the. You have to do that. But, is this the last one? Uh, there's holograms after this. No, I mean the last ref dwarf of. Oh, we can only fucking hope. <laughs> I seem to remember this being quite good. Um, I think it's well, this is good because this is this is uh, this is how the lions doing their um, flexing their knowledge of stuff across yeah, the board that's true so there is yeah. there is a, a good you know th- these are good like you know concise little things it's the collating of various bits of information that would have been difficult in 1992 to get all in one place 100%. so it, it this is fine this this exists with good reason um but you know it's it's yeah it's just it's one of those it's things not... you always get in we get them in fucking you know compilations you get them in annuals it's the mm. kind of thing that will be in mm. an annual um so yeah yeah we got we did we get we got one for every all in the in the program guide didn't we not we yeah. got one for the actual crew so yeah same thing yeah it's not none of it's wasted work i wonder, <laughs> I wonder if it's worth the work <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, in, an epi- in, a, in, a, in, a, in an issue that kind of is flying high in a lot of ways, like even even with the, the really questionable, like the flipple stuff and the Android stuff, I would class as like, you know, it, it's it's strange, it's out there, it's in, interesting and, you know, kind of bold. This stuff, the more kind of stuff that was conceived early on kind of maybe feels like... A bit more out of place or a bit blander, maybe than that it would have it's done kinda, normally. Yeah, it feels um, twee now compared. Yeah, because they're yeah. they're striking out in kind of more bold directions now, for better or worse. Um, Much like um, the episode adaptations, mm. they sort of that's how they started yeah. off, and now they're spreading their wings. Yeah. yeah. 
it's only taken eight eight sort of things to do that as well. So it's kind of interesting how even within that time, they found. Yeah, it's new, not that long, is a it? New no, it's yeah. not. It's like you know, that's only two months, really. Well, it's not. It's it's well, it's not. It's eight months, isn't it? Well, especially since but, in the context of the show's lifespan, we're. I mean, it started just before five, but this is basically all of the same era of the show, which is the gap between five and six. Mm. And so, you know, they, yeah. they've they've kind of pushed things along, going in their own direction. They haven't really been guided by the show very much mm. yet. Yet. So, the final big feature: holograms, the letters oh, page. Really starting to get like a sense for fandom. Aren't you? Oh, yeah. It's very... And again, it includes a lot of perving over Chris Perry. Oh, so mm. much. You, you can start to you can start to spot the archetypes. You've got the <laughs> snooty snooty ones that think they're above everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you've got you've got the the, the Barry Barryettes caratists everywhere. Interesting that they would print a letter slagging off a specific person from a previous issue. Mm. <laughs> it's like trolling. Well, there's a know. couple of things like that. I like just it just surprised me to see someone's actual address being printed. Yeah. So that is more alarming than anything else that I've seen in this. It's like someone is literally, and I've actually, do you know what? I looked on Google to see if that was actually, a, a, like they haven't changed Google it. And it's like, no, it was, it was there. It's quite a big house. Huge, huge, not huge, not dry. It's misspelled here. It's actually been misspelled from what it actually is. You know, you know, yeah. But I've seen the big match was the sort of 1970s and 80s ITV equivalent of Match of the Day. They released DVDs of, like, the best of the big match, and you could get them for each specific club. So I got a Best of Aston Villa one, and it's, like, highlights. But there's also loads of clips from the episodes of the big match, so lots of Brian Moore and, and whoever talking and doing bits of presenting. And in there, there was a section where they had letters sent in by viewers discussing like the big football topics of the day. And they read out and printed the full addresses of the people that had sent letters in on fucking national primetime TV. Yeah. <laughs> and we've received a letter from a Mrs. Edith Smith of 48 President of the uh, yeah. I suppose, yeah, I suppose points of view probably did that quite a lot. I guess in a in an era where maybe that sort of correspondence, you were kind of hoping maybe to get some return correspondence and have a nice polite conversation. And, you know. Yeah. Whereas now it's doxing. Yeah. Now it's doxing. Yeah. Now they just get just, a fucking yeah. SWAT team sent to your fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> a few things to note. One of the people who wrote a letter in was called Glenn Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes don't know whether these are real names. <laughs> <laughs> the first person. Uh, the first letter yes. is from Alan Air Cool Travis. Yes, who, yeah. Who's being very <laughs> smug the... about sending their name into the theme song, thinking, oh, I'm brilliant. And it's like, yeah, but you've fucking misunderstood a name, you prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a common mistake yeah. on Toss. He's down as Captain Air Cooled Platini. Air Cooled. Still abuses me greatly. I'm pretty sure I went through a phase of just just thinking uncritically. Yes, he's Captain Aircool Platini. You know, that's just sounds like something a captain would would be called. Especially um, if he's really egotistical. <laughs> I do like that guy though. Just like just fucking 
just early 90s <laughs> i think i'm gonna fax this in like just fucking <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like proper like hipster like oh i uh, i freaked this in i uh, used my phone you know and that video. he had to track down the fax number as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. I, do you remember that adam buxton video of i imagine when he sent this comment he was doing this yeah. face <laughs> that's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's Alan Aircooled. <laughs> he was. He would have been air cooled at the time. Probably had a fan <laughs> blowing in his smug face. Yeah, I was reading um, uh, S. Ralphson's letter in um, Adam Buxton's <laughs> smug twat voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last one. I mean, that is that last letter is recommendations box on G and T territory, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's all the same criticisms yeah. that we get. Look at me! Look at me I can swear. <laughs> it must be uh, way past their bedtime. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm implying that they're children. Yeah. Uh, oh, there we go. Second Eldorado mention. So Eldorado was. Very briefly, oh my God. in the shit, <laughs> the, the, the the like, I, how long did it last for before it was oh, shit canned? Four episodes. Was it really that uh, short? It did no, last a while. it lasted two years. It launched in July. Uh, it lasted a year and three days. Oh, it was just uh, over a year, wasn't it? That was it. Sixth yeah. of July ninety two to ninth of July ninety three. So uh, just over a year sounds to me like a contractual obligation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So. Anything else on the letters? Is um, they did mention something that we'd mentioned in a previous. Oh, there we go. It was uh, it was Glenn Miller's in uh, Sheppy saying, "If Marumu was born on the planet Io, why in terraform?" Like, although it does like why in terraform? <laughs> <laughs> like why on earth? Like yeah, why in terraform? <laughs> why, why in God's green earth? Why in terraform? Did he have to be taken to the British Embassy? I think we talked about that as well because we're saying it's a, a British yeah. colony. Is that where you got that? Possibly, from. possibly subconsciously, yes. I have the fact that it's like it word for word. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, but it says as fact he was brought up in a British colony on IO. I don't think he's ever confirmed I that think... IO is a British colony. It's just that we assume. Yeah, I think I think Mister's Mister's official program guides are getting a little bit ahead of themselves, thinking that they're <laughs> yeah, a bit above above their git station. <laughs> Actually, going back to what we. <laughs> What we were saying at the start of the episode about how aggressively 90s um, everything is now. Um, Dear Posse, although Red Dwarf is the best thing since Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> it's like, fuck me. Like, I don't think... Batman Returns, I think it yes, just Yes, Batman Returns, time, exactly. Yeah. Like, Michelle Pfeiffer's the very... I would the say... <laughs> yeah, the Mac McDonald vehicle. Yeah. Right, well, if we've got nothing on these stupid 90s letters, let's open some fresh 2023 letters, which are comments on the internet, because that's the equivalent. Let's see what you lovely listeners slash readers have been saying about the previous Have thing. been saying last year. Oh yes, let's find out what you've been saying, Clem is talking about the Groovy Channel 27 page from the last issue. They say it's dated 2362 and yet Coronation Street is said to be approaching its 400th anniversary, even though that would have been two years earlier as Corrie began in 1960. Good job, Howarth and Lyons. Got him. Oh, sorry, I've read that with the wrong tone. Hold on. Good job, Howarth and Lyons didn't get the job of writing the Coronation Street program guide. What I like about that is that it's really close to being right. <laughs> yeah, so like they tried. It's clearly done as a yeah, joke. There's been but some, it's like, yeah, there's some knowledge there. It's accidentally nearly right. <laughs> 
I like the idea of the Rover's Return having a hot pot dispenser, though, like the casserole pipe in the Ferengi. Living uh, in Lancashire, there actually you have hot pot dispensers on the corner of every street, pretty much. Like people don't realise. It? <laughs> yeah, like, it's um, plumbed. Hot and cold running. Plumbed pot. into the wall. Cold pot and hot pot taps. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a mix of. Only a fancy fucking southern water here. <laughs> Uh, says David Ross is very honest in his interview and, and presumably this is who Doug was referring to in the Series 8 script book when he talks about an actor leaving his wife that week I can't remember Doug's exact words but I think it went something like David Ross, I've left my wife, I've left my kids I've left the Bentley Chris Barry, you left the Bentley Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that anecdote the aforementioned Flappo Jacko, lots of detailed analysis, which we don't have time to go into, but you always read the old comments over at Ganymede.tv. The future Echo's adaptation continues to be a highlight. It being so piecemeal isn't amazing for pacing, but what we get is great. Those extra touches like getting to see Lister being subjugated by dolphin overlords and Rimmer prancing around in funeral garb is the kind of thing that makes these comics worthwhile for us modern folks who have the TV version accessible 24-7. That's putting to words what was missing from part five. We didn't, we mm. didn't get those, like, ah, what the fuck moments, which I think we've had in pretty much all, all of them, like, just these... Yeah, yeah. yeah it was pretty straightforward. The set differences the is the only thing we got, really. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward this time. Yeah. Apart from the nuclear explosion. <laughs> Flapjack also says, I have all my savings placed on a bet that Capsi will win the next magazine rap quiz. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. But we don't know how much no. Flapjack savings are. It could just be 50p. Yeah. Well, I got five bets to go to Guinea, so don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you down, Flapjack. I'm sorry. Uh, Dave, one of the people who's far more qualified to talk about comics than any of us are. <laughs> Regarding the unexplained Cat in the Hat cameos, there was a pretty famous Spider-Man artist in the late 80s called Todd McFarlane, who later went on to create Spawn and a toy empire, amongst other things, who would regularly hide cameos from Felix the Cat in his art. Oh. I wonder whether this is a bit of a comics in-joke reference oh. to that. Oh, God, so it's a reference of a reference. Oh. <laughs> yeah, double reference Jesus. all the way. Yeah, God, I'm really looking forward to Dave's errata for, for this episode. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Warbadog says a comment from Stealing Ideas last time was attributed to me. Please don't make me sound like I have actual worthwhile insights. Yeah, that was no big problem. mistake. Yeah. We should have <laughs> we should have realized at the time. <laughs> they also say uh, read any good books lately is potentially one of the most interesting parts of the magazine these days for its cultured recommendation. I expect that one of the GNT team will always have something to say on the topic and this wasn't some kind of fluke. Maybe. The thing is, I'm very... We will let you down. uh, Yeah, I have incredibly narrow reading tastes, I'm afraid, and we've (laughs) spaffed all that one up the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Pody is a relatively new reader slash listener. Hello, Pody. Says, I remember that the ads in this magazine were my first exposure to 2000 AD. I checked it out, and then it became the main thing I read as a teen, and probably the last ongoing title I picked up regularly before I stopped reading comics, and then went on to draw for it as an adult. So, yeah, that's one benefit of all the cross-promotion that Fleetway did is they managed to hook a Red Dwarf fan into 2000 AD and then that Red Dwarf fan went on to draw for 2000 AD. That's mental. So Fleetway (laughs) replaced getting money for ads to have the opportunity to spend more money on more staff because, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. It was a 30-year recruitment drive from playing the long game. They staffed all their money on it. And finally, International Debris, again, big, lengthy, very insightful comments, well worth reading. 
Uh, we'll leave them to summarise. On the whole, the quality continues to rise overall, with a few bits that don't quite work, but some genuinely great reading too. And yeah. I think that's where we're all at with the, this current iteration of this magazine. There's always bits that don't work. I think so. Like, yeah, despite my <laughs> maybe overwrought opinions on certain parts of this issue, like I want it to be weird and stupid and occasionally brilliant and you know occasionally deeply offensive yeah. like that that's that, that's what i've signed up for right like, <laughs> that's what i want i want things it's, to be deeply offensive no i just I, you know that, that's what, what i mean is like you know it needs to be it is something like it, it's it's doing its own thing and it's been quite confident with it <laughs> and it's i, I like that mm. and so we round the issue off with is it third judge dread mm. <laughs> advert or slash 2000 ad advert Another one. I think I might be missing free a pun or something with this. I know that it's like free budgies. <laughs> well, not really free budgies. That would be weird. It's got to be a reference to something else. If anyone knows, such as Pody or Dave, yeah. then let us know. Explain what the fuck Thrag is. Or what you can't expect is. us to like, know things. Like, it's just too much. Oh, right. Does it, right. So the last page has got something that has... Something yes, I've been... I've been interested in this ever since you WhatsApped this earlier today. <laughs> so... <laughs> Right, so the last page is just a picture of the... It's sort of like a full uh, portrait version of... Yeah, the back cover. Yeah, the back, oh, the back cover, rather, yeah, sorry. That'll be the... Uh, the if, you, if it's not a PDF. Yeah, if it's not a PDF, the <laughs> spoiler, it is. <laughs> and it's the, the curry monster. It's nice, really full, uh, you say really nice. detailed. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's really horrible. It makes me deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> it's quite weird how I, ne- I didn't realise how all the kind of the, his sort of ribs are exposed and shit. And it's the like intestines. The is awful. Yeah, it's pretty weird. The one thing that struck to me, and, and, and I'm annoyed that I have never noticed this before, but I, I assume, uh, have we noticed that the curry monster had horns? Yeah, it's a lamb skull. It's a lamb skull because it's a mutton vindaloo, isn't it? Mutton. Yeah. But I'm saying that, Danny. Dan only worked that out now. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I knew, yeah, I only worked that out like one second before I said it. Yeah, yeah. It's a lamb skull. I've never noticed that the curry monster had horns. I, I looked at it today and I was like, that's really detailed. But it looks like kind of like a sheep skull. Why is it like? A, and then I just and then it ate and I was like, wait a minute. Oh, it's taking me. Wait a minute. What the fuck? Yeah. If you all knew that, then nope. fuck you. I don't care. Did you I've know that? Yeah. Myself. <laughs> I'll be honest. And did you know that Camille uh, sounds like chameleon? <laughs> See, I did know that. One. Yeah, it, it comes yeah, with. But I, I just you just don't like, think about of it. Of course, it, it is. Oh, it's a monster. It makes sense. Yeah. It's taken the mutton part and it's made that into it. Yeah, it's it's it, like extracted the, the sheep element. This might be complete. Everyone's just like, yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Why did you fucking notice this before? Sheep but, extract. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's such a good design though. I never mm, really, I've never really good. appreciated it in full. Although to be fair, it does look like it's got a face in its crotch. Like that's oh, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a lion's face. The lion shall lay down with the lamb. Thus <laughs> <laughs> endeth this this magazine. But skip back a couple of pages for the next issue preview. <laughs> Red Dwarf USA: The Full Story. Yes, we have promised this before, but this time we mean it. Full story. It's going to be full. Okay. It's going to be a story, and it's going to be the, the full one of it. Flashback, the return of Dwayne Dibley. <laughs> Androids, the soapy saga continues. And <laughs> uh, Norman Lovett, Holly Mark One talks to this magazine. I can't wait to see how grumpy he is. 
<laughs> and news from the dwarf, your monthly update. My brain's struggling to think of what else could they fucking put in news from the dwarf. I'm pretty sure they said everything that's happened already. How yeah. the hell can a month, that month have happened next month. and then be more things? It's It'll crazy. just be all the things that were about to be released will have been released. They will have been going to have happened. Um, probably an update on, like, probably like confirmation Series 6 has been commissioned. Stuff like yeah, that. I suppose. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. We managed to have daily updates on GNT for a long time yeah. <laughs> in the in the early noughties. And then, like, the news aspect, there was definitely a magazine pages worth a month that we managed to dig out. If they needed to fill space, and this is, like, me not quite remembering whether they do this or not, but you could go into, like... You could always list Hattie's tour dates and Norman's tour mm. dates. You could do news about what the cast are into. It's not necessarily Red Dwarf itself, but see, and see also stuff. Toss for the last three years. True. Um, well, two two yeah. years and a year of nothing. But yeah, even in the pre-Promised Land era, it was you know ticking over until it. Oh, went wrong. But then it went right again. And now who knows what the website's doing. I haven't actually looked at the website. Well, on that cheery note, that is about it for this edition of the Smegazine Rack. Don't forget you can send us your letters about the issue that we've just read or the podcast that you've just listened to. Uh, you can leave your comments over at www.ganymede.tv or you can tweet us. Twitter handle is Ganymede Titan. Okay. So this should give you an idea of the kind of person we're working okay. with. Okay. But until we're next back on the rack, thank you so much for listening. And as always, Ed bye, everybody. Ed bye. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. Today we're talking about Volume 1, Episode Issue. <laughs> Today we're... <laughs> but first, let's fire up the time drive once more for a trip to this issue's... <laughs> but first, let's fire up the time drive once more for a trip to this issue's... And speaking of Craig Charles, it was also the month that Ghostwatch was aired for the... Aired? We heard it. <laughs> we didn't like it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and as always, do a Staley Bridge. Streets of London. We killed our Staley Bridge in the rub. Pub. I know, and then I know, it came I know, back. I realised. I realised. <laughs> then published an extra I know, I know. But it was such a good Staley Bridge with the Sir Terence Lawrence <laughs> <Cox. laughs> yeah, That's good. Stuff.